Welcome to Dark Guidance. I'm Chris. I'm Brian. And Arian's number three. Yes, Arian. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> he's <laughs> welcome, learned. Welcome. He's not only that, he's also learned how to speak in third person. Congratulations, Arian. Mm. So today we're doing another podcast. You, We're bringing another podcast, and our primary topic, which we'll get to way later down the track, is units. But first, we have a whole bunch of stuff that's come out, and some of which non-unit related is actually, I feel, worth talking. So... We're going to start. We got news. Character jacks are out. Yeah, character jacks are out in on the app. So we know what they do, and they do cool stuff, which is nice. They're all the same price tag at 17. They all are effectively based on the heavy chassis, so they have usually whatever the heavy chassis inbuilt rule is. Mother Bear's the weird one with that, right? Because she's got more speed. Yeah, yeah, she's a hybrid, I guess, but yeah. Ah, uh, Medvestia. Oh, no, Istrafil has higher mat. I think they uh, all do that, right? Yeah, they all have higher mat. Anyway. Yeah, the higher yeah, mat, higher does, mat and rat. To me, feel, speed kind of feels like an engine difference to me. Yeah, um, okay, so look, Medvestia, Mother Bear, is overclocked. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, I think it's Medvedica. Medvedica. And I asked and I asked my wife, and apparently it does mean Mother Bear. Or it might be Child Bear, like Bear Kid. <laughs> bear Kid. <laughs> Well, fair well, they enough. keep referring to it as Mother Bear, so I'm assuming that's correct. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, we, we should all assume that the Prime Two Press knows a lot about Russian. Yeah, well, you know, they made a whole oh, faction about it. Who point. knows? <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, yeah so, Speed 5. Yeah, Speed 5. So, honestly, we can go into them one at a time, because each of them is kind of like the most of some capacity. And we might as well start with Mother Bear, who is the most normal. Like, Medvestia is a Speed 5... <laughs> Medvedica. Okay. Mother Bear. <laughs> There's a lot of these we're not going to say right. No, absolutely not. Med- Mother Bear My is. My favorite basically- is Gunneral. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Gunneral. The Gunneral, <laughs> yep. Anyway, it's basically, it is a great bear. With, for two it is more a great points, bear. It is a great bear. And more importantly, what it realistically is, if you. Tail away all the fluff and the speed five and the ooh, it's the hand of edge and stuff. It is a it is a great bear that has shield guard and pathfinder. And that's yeah, semi technically it. Right. And chain and tech grab and smash. Yeah, see, but that's all the thing, right? Is like this is all distraction. Which means it has stuff. one more attack. Yeah, but it has one less attack because it doesn't get a free charge. That yeah. that's kind of where this balances uh, out with it, right? Like it is a great bear that basically has shifted around the numbers a bit, but it means that it's a very, very standard and normal jack, except that because it's based on a Great Bear, which is arguably the best heavy in the game. (laughs) Yeah. Certainly the best, I would say, of the heavies in the uh, faction. Yeah. Um, The the Mark IV factions, right? The thing I look about these jacks is that, like, how much of this is an, uh, how much of the, like, points difference is it between, like, the sort of standard builds that you have for that jack? And Medvedic is, like, one point more. Uh, um, two points more. It's it's she, two points more. Yeah, yeah. It, look. Fuck off with the Great Bear's fucking 15. God yeah, damn. of course the Great Bear's 15. <laughs> Fantastic. Shut up. Anyway, it's basically, because of that, like, you got to think about how much is Pathfinder worth and definitely how much is a Shield Guard bonus worth. Mm. And honestly, in, like, uh, with Kador, that's actually worth quite a lot. But also, if you don't need it, you don't need it. It's fine, right? Like, Medvedisa... Yeah has one le- more power, but also sometimes one less power. 
Uh, again, it has two big initials, but it loses its charge, so it kind of, it kind of all shakes out in the wash. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing is like it's good to have more options in this capacity. Like it has more speed, but it only has one inch reach. Great. The Chainsaw one, Grab and Slash does the same threat range. Yeah, exactly. They they have the exact same threat range. So yeah. what grab and Slash uh, Grab and Smash means that she does have one higher IQ than regular Cardo Jacks because you might actually have to care about positioning to actually like maybe throw into something if you're planning on doing that. Uh, a little, yeah. The big one to me with Medvedizia is that you get the ability to put beat back on it. And see, the thing with the primary weapon of a Great Bear is the Battle Mace has beat back already. So the, oh, strength, no. buff, the strength buff in Kador just gives you plus two strength and beat back. Well, you know, you already have it. It just gives you beat back on your shield, I guess, right? Yeah. But because Medvedizia doesn't have beat back integrated, Having beat back and then chain attack grab and smash is that's where you start getting a little bit spicier. You can get some angles and yes, you can do some wacky throws and stuff like that. Yeah. She um, seems like a great fifth heavy. Yeah, exactly. Um, certainly hey, I've did, made a bunch of lists that, that are in fact five heavies. It, it's the I mean, actual bonus there. Uh, yeah, you can do a nine heavy list as well. It's pretty memey, but you can sure do it. Um, the, the funny thing here though is that it means that you can take more gun great bears. Because you now have an extra... Because basically the Great Bear is like the best, but also almost the only dedicated melee option, especially for a bunch of casters, yeah. right? So this way you can... Like, if you... Back when you had a limit of four Great Bears, if you made three of them gun heavies of some capacity, it meant that your melee damage was not all... Like, that could be a problem. Especially when they pick out the one thing that can threaten their heavies and melee. Um, this way, yes, you can build, build five bear lists and, you know, all the bears. Bear Force 5. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I call her a strong A. Um, she honestly, uh, she does not, like, provide much that wasn't there already, but she's based on an absolutely ludicrously powered jack. So, yeah, yeah. she's like, a great this bear. Is a, with, this with isn't a bear that's basically, like, Moloch Khan running around the table killing people. This is basically, this is your Tiberian, right? Yeah. Is the easiest way to look at it. Like, you know, it's got two bucklers instead of one shield. It's got the same threat range. It's just got one more speed and one less power. You're paying for Pathfinder and Shield Guard and some juicy rules that might come up. They're, and when they come up, they'll come up really fucking good. Speaking of which, though, I did I say... Mean, I, I want to just quickly point out something whenever you're looking at these jacks. There is this one, like, big weakness beyond just points cost, uh, beyond the sticker shock. Almost all of their special weapons are on the head, and the head is actually quite vulnerable and can be taken out. Mm -hmm. It only takes eight damage to get to the head. It's a little awkward, but if you've got any precision strike or anything like that, you can actually core out. Like, like if you do, if you have um, eight damage of uh, precision strike, then you can then uh, Medvedita just loses hand of vengeance, shield guard, and chain. And we'll see how that works. Chain attack, grab and smash technically doesn't work currently because it used mm -hmm. to be a weapon benefit. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, um, like oh. you can knock out a lot of rules just by taking out the head. Yeah, it might pay to basically, well, I mean, old reliable always is paid to do, but uh, also in the event that, that's the thing that was like, that makes Grievous Wins more worth it in the event you do deal with knockout blows like that. Anyway, I did well, I say that. I think it's a good time to mention our Lord and Savior, Israfel, because he doesn't <laughs> give a flying fuck. All right, well, I was going to get into the Moloch Khan of them, but all right, here we go. Because uh, if you lose the head, all you lose is in Tropic Forest. All of his good rules are on his. Are just built in. Incredible, incredible that Entropic Force is not counted as a good rule at this point. Oh, it's a good rule, but I mean, uh, no. Arcane Stasis, which is fine, and Generator are built in. 
Stasis is something which which I've re- I really underestimated. Um, it's especially great on Hazaroth, who really wants to have a big fat stack to sit on to um, do the uh, what is it? Don't Invoca- die, invocations of dust. Yeah, I mean, don't die, please. Also works. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Disus, you're not allowed to die right now. Yeah. Uh, so like having just a bunch of idolands where you can put your upkeeps on, and then all of a sudden, like you you still get to sit on a fat stack is pretty fucking great. Yeah. Oh yeah, especially because they have some decent upkeeps they want to keep on them. Yeah. Indeed. Like Mirage and uh, Inviolable Resolve, which we found to be very useful in our last game, right? God damn. <laughs> Anyhow, Israfil, I'd say oh, easily yeah. the best one. Easily, easily the best one. Not and not I even think, close. S tier, absolutely incredible, Jack. I think it was. It's also like it looks even better because compared to an Idolan, Israfil is a step above an Idolan. It's not like this Mama Bear thing where the Great Bear is almost as good as Mama Bear was anyway, right? You're just paying for a bit of extra fluff. No, this is these are two completely different jacks. Yeah. No, that's not, like a- inc- that's not really fair. The Eidolon, because of its shoulder gun, has less arm options and less gun options than a lot of the other jacks in this discussion, which means Israfil brings completely different tools, which means... Uh, that's why it has a lot of value over an Eidolon, but it, the Eidolon still brings a lot to the table because it brings the ability to fly. Yeah, the which Eidolan is, is huge. A, I have, yeah, I have growing, I have growing respect for the Eidolon. It's so hard to not just stare at Matt Six like a like like a fucking psychopath. Just like I can't not look at it. But like its stat, defensive stats are great. The free upkeep is way better. Like everything which I thought was a little shonky ended up being a little bit better than I thought. The gun, the shoulder guns not being pistols are little awkward um because they they really want to get into melee fast but that might just be because when i faced it last it was has hazaroth doing it yeah um, and you're gonna the union to melee fast yeah. with hazaroth yeah um but anyway, yeah israfil, israfil is a goddamn monster um it's yeah. uh, entropic force it's got crit knockdown it's got drag it's got chain weapon it's got magic weapon it's got blessed um uh, range three as well range because three. why not um, um it also it also has fucking generator which means that if it has focus on it it can basically burn damage like a warcaster which means that this is kind of like your imperatus but very proactive right if this thing has three focus reloaded on it with some seekers then congratulations fucking try and kill this guy especially because you can do it you know where the damage is going before you burn the focus yeah so therefore you know if it, your systems are going to get crippled like nah nah not happening. She um, slices. She dices. She Julian's fries. Yeah. And um, she also happens to have the best gun in the in the stable of a spray twelve power fourteen with a pistol. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we also, finally get the pistol roll on a jack. Yeah. <laughs> gun on a jack. Israfil. Grim Ish- came up a couple times weirdly in the last game. I, I mean, know. it it no, it happened. I don't think it came up. Like this is sure well, no because think because it healed. It sure did heal a model that was supposed to have died because of, uh, uh, but then Hazaroth saved it with its ability. Yeah, look, and it, then it, within two kills, it's fully healthed. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's just BM at that point. But yeah, you know what? Fair enough. We'll we'll take it, right? Yeah, I think it it'll it'll be okay. I think it'll be better on like the the um the Dreadguard Slayers. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, like yeah. it's like Israfil to me is like it has different utility with all of the casters and that's yeah. great right like it's just like with helioth which we haven't really gone into helioth is fucking bonkers with israfil right it's just like israfil's everything she's ever wanted hazaroth right like hazaroth <laughs> as we've just gone into right hazaroth makes your jacks better and 
but the idea the idea of trying to to try to fight Israfil, who has 12 19 base stats which are great 32 boxes pretty good pretty damn good uh also can stop three shots also has admonition yeah good luck yeah good luck god damn infuriating yep Um, yeah, and um, and uh, very good with Tyrus as well because it has um, uh, what speed six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, uh, up casual seventeen inch threat with the three inch drag. Mm-hmm. Like even if we just cut away the mirage, though, that's very likely to be on it, because um, <laughs> it might also have inviolable resolve instead. Yeah. Um, but even if we just take that away, that's still a 15 inch range drag that you never have to act on. You can just tell your opponent about, like, uh, you know, it's my threat range. Yeah. What is it? Uh, base threat 12, speed six goes to 12. Yeah. yeah base threat 12. Uh, Israfil is S tier and also S tier with all three. I don't actually think that Israfil is broken. Um, and uh, I think something which a lot of our uh, uh, Dust players are going to discover is um, how irritated they're going to be about disruption. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, disruption Israfil- does knock off all of your focus straight away. Yeah, well, that's the thing is like if you you need something like disruption, which is a good tech rule, having tech rules that your opponent needs to have in order to efficiently deal with your shit is always good, right? And you can then play around it. You start bringing in shield guards, which I assume Dusk have. Oh, Uh, wait, look at this unit of uh, guardians here. (laughs) Fucking guardians. Yeah. Well, we do have to worry about that, but we also have to worry about this gentleman named, uh, I think his name is the Gurneral. The Gurneral? Ah, yes. The The Gurneral. The most... Israfil is the best. Mama Bear is the most standard. Oh, actually, just so quickly, also, Israfil's one point more than a regular Eidolon, so it's yeah. a fucking steal. You're going to see you're gonna see this guy a lot. You really you're gonna will. You're going to see it. I don't think you'll ever face Oh, she, I think. I, haven't, I don't I, think we've assigned pronouns. I thought, it was, she, I thought it was a she, uh, but yeah, I looked but... it up. Israfil is a... Well, sorry, Brian looked it up. It's a, a, an angel who was male. And, um, so, that's interesting. Okay, there you go. Um, anyway. The, the general, the general is, is the, the general is the most out instead of the others. The general is the most wacky of them. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no, not wacky. Like the most like goes on adventures, fucking kills you. The most Moloch Khan of them. I don't know yeah. how else to describe it. The general's basically a um, it's a stormclad. It's sorry, stormclad. Although it functionally is, it's a striker. It does not have a shield. It has one higher defense. Yeah, the general I have real eight. thoughts on. The general is the one that will never trade up. It will only really yeah. trade up by killing casters, or if you get the like the ultimate jackhammer and get like multiple heavies, right? You need a plan using this model. But because the general has overtake, a lot of the good rules from Storm Legion, like it's got accumulator, so it's really easy to charge. It has fucking righteous vengeance. If anyone's ever played against Fire of Salvation back in the day, the general is a very similar thing, except that the general is faster and has reach. Oh, according and, to a thing I read as well, this one is a misprint. It's going to be the five, within five inch version, not the ten inch, which is a big deal. Yes, it is because ten inches is fucking redonk. <laughs> but yeah, you need to make sure that you have plans for the general. But by God, this guy can go on adventures, and more importantly, I think he is—he's by far the best Jack to enable Jackhammer nonsense with. Yeah. Um, one thing with Storm Legion is that their reach weapon is only power seventeen. Their primary reach weapon uh, on their heavies, I should say. Yeah. Uh, their their higher damage one is only a one-inch reacher. So they kind of have that baked in, almost planned around the fact that they're a faction with Jackhammer. Well, you throw in the general now. So the general is 17. And a lot of the strikers that are melee-focused 
are extremely cheap. They're like 13, even 11 yeah. sometimes, I think. Which is why, that, which is one of the big things about like, like one of those iffy things, particularly the general, because it's like, do I want to spend, he's got great stats, but do I want to spend the like five to six extra points to get there? Exactly. Yeah. But if you have like the general with say old mate wolf, right. And everyone loves wolf, except for everyone who's had to play against wolf. Like the general gives you a lot of different, really wacky outs with your own. Yeah. Assassin, so with so your just to, feet. just, just for, for, for shits and giggles, we'll, we'll, we'll say, like, the, the ideal situation, which is, so, Striker Speed 6, um, it's got a range 2 um, melee attack, which means it has a threat of 11. Um, you try, you, you, it fully loads because it's a striker, so it kind of just gets focused by hanging around. Like, literally, Eris uh, accumulates off this one because she's a Storm Legion model for some reason. <laughs> um, okay, sure. Yeah, it just says Storm Legion model. It's really stupid. Um, All right. So, yeah, it charges out 11. That means that it then buys three attacks with its Quicksilver Mark III um, each time overtaking, so that uh, its actual movement's only 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Um, so it goes out th- 13 inches. It's Righteous Vengeance before that, so it goes out 16 inches. Um, then Wolf activates. He casts uh, Energizer to make it go to 18 inches. It can then cast Positive Charge, and then he can cast uh, four Jackhammers. Mm, five. Um, Six, actually. Yeah, uh, so. if you're using both, right? Well, positive charge two, jackhammer is one, Energizer. wolf has seven. Oh, you got energizer, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, four. Yeah. only four. Quote only four. Only um, four admittedly, like car twenty ones. You also missed in the fact that you can use the repo card on this guy to. Oh yeah, shit, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's this is like the fact, like the general can do theoretical infinite movement, right, and go mm-hmm. infinite distance and kill infinite hypothetical models, right? You have to obviously when you're playing the game figure out what you're actually doing with it because otherwise then you're going to trade it into a great bear and then your opponent is going to happily kill it and then they don't have to deal with that shit anymore and also um, uh, uh, the quicksilver mark three the sword that it has also disrupts on here so it, it actually is the best thing to use versus his for bill yeah exactly um yeah this one is going to be a tricky one to use properly but properly used it's going to be a fucking nightmare and there there is one see other... it with wolf 100 percent and you'll probably sit with a couple of Athenas. I think so. I think you have to have an Athena build that wants to make the proper use out of it. But yeah, it's like, this is your, like, backstory. This is not like, um... The other guys can be frontline heavies in one capacity or another. Like, it doesn't really matter as much losing Mother Bear compared to a Great Bear. Like, you might want to send in Mother Bear first, depending on how things are going. Because, honestly, if your opponent kills enough infantry, then it's not really gonna... You're not gonna get as many triggers on its, like, Hand of Vengeance. The general's a little different. You've got to have a very strong game plan going into it. Yeah. It might be better to save it back for later and tr- deliberately tr- get re- Righteous Vengeance triggers by doing things like having it within five inches of guy who's hanging out and contesting a flag or a zone or something. Oh, no, yeah, you killed him. It's really hard to kill versus, uh, versus enemy jacks on Wolf's feet turn um, yes. because, of, because of that disruption. Mm-hmm. Um, you can often knock stuff off. He's also got Polarity Field, which is just nice to know. Um, I like the general. He's probably my least favorite of the three. I'll call him B tier because you're not going to see him in every game. Um, he might be good with Madison. I don't know <laughs> who who's Madison. Yeah, exactly. I mean, pretty funny watching him, but yeah, I agree. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Look, now then, I'm thinking about it. And then fun- so like watch. No, 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 it's not watching him because you can use him uh, to like 
you can feed on him to make him def 16 um, with all of the reposts and all that stuff. And you can also charge him out and then use um, Rhythm of War and the repo card to actually get back six inches. Oh, yeah. Um, and so you could, like, charge him out, smack a couple of things, um, use their fist to make him unchargeable, walk back six inches, and then you get a second turn with the general. Mm. You also but, get bird's eye, I guess. That can yeah. be a thing. If Madison existed, it'd probably be pretty cool. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. she does not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, and then the finally, one. we have uh, what was his name again? Moloch. Moloch, who is the most janky out of the all four. I mean, now, previously, Moloch is a weird one. Moloch, look, Moloch was pretty simple when you looked at his preview rules. He was basically going to be the one that just killed you, like every turn. Like the general might kill you, the Mol- Moloch would kill you because <laughs> it used to be his Gates of Hell ability on his Power Nineteen Manx uh didn't end your activation now it does presumably because someone very quickly put red line on this guy and played sabreth and then and then people died very very badly moloch moloch i think that moloch has a little similar thing to the to to medvedica where um he's actually not that much more expensive than a regular tyrant yeah he does lose quite a lot though because he's got no shield and he has no chain weapon yeah a regular tyrant is what 16 points if i remember right yeah pretty close to yeah, it's 16 points for a shield and flail. So when we say, quote, regular tyrant, we mean a regular melee tyrant. Granted, he, though, his offhand is also power 17. And his can mace, somehow kill two models occasionally. And his, yeah. mace is, and his mace is also one more power than the than the Thresher mace, so it's not, losing chain weapon is not the end of the world. Exactly, um, yeah. I think, you, I think you'll he take He does lose a lot losing his head. Yes, he loses, he loses everything lot. losing his damn head, uh, yeah. Kind of weirdly, because he doesn't lose possession or gates of hell. Because those are actually on the weapons, and he doesn't lose yeah. the souls. Yeah, but he loses everything he defensive loses about him, apart from hyper-aggressive, if you really yeah. want. So Aaron, hy- doesn't he lose the souls? I don't no. believe he does. Oh, There's nothing well, because about it. Because he, lose, he loses Soul Taker. Yeah, and the Soul Taker says you can gain Soul Tokens, um, and uh, no, it's a, yeah. you can have up to three souls. Judge! That one is a judge, actually. I'm yeah. going to have to ask someone about that one. It's the This model can have up to three soul tokens at any time. Um, he wouldn't be able to... S- and he also can't spend them. Yeah. No, he, um, it's, realistically, he's spend soul tokens for the following, so he can't use those abilities. It's down to, like, can he have soul tokens if he doesn't have the soul taker rule if the head's out? Yeah. Anyway, a, honestly, it's the availability of souls, which is also a little bit of an issue. But it is living enemy model within 10, so it's not the end of the world. He's probably really good with Sabreth. Uh, I don't he's think... He's really going to hate Dusk. Uh, yes. Yeah, it turns out. <laughs> um, uh, also, like... a lot of... This is another bit of scorningy, is a lot of Orgoth models, actually, almost a lot of the solos and all the casters do not generate soul tokens when they kill something. So... Oh, shit, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because uh... they're like uh, called dibs on the souls, right? Um, yeah. It is... But it is just, like, that extra bit of annoyance, but yeah. Like, look, Moloch is a bit like a weird ruin from back in the day, considering that's probably yeah. where he was inspired, or what some of the inspiration went into him was. Same um, As I said, very, very janky. He has, like, some interesting quirks. Like, defensive-wise, I'm not really sure how you can exploit this fully beyond just using defenses, but the fact that you can have a def, uh 14, armor 19, Moloch, hiding behind, like, With Poltergeist poltergeist and the possibility that if you do hit him and it's an inopportune time you can always hyper aggressive forward and you can also shield yeah. guard the shots away and do all that other crap like moloch i definitely agree with sabreth i think with horror maybe you just want regular tyrants but unclear Arrest. on that 
Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to do it every time. You yeah. will learn these these names. I'm uh, not gonna... He does literally nothing with Kishtar. Yeah, Kishtar doesn't want any part of it because he doesn't have a gun. So, yeah. yeah. Yes, actually, the feat doesn't work. Nothing. No, nothing, nothing works. Nothing, nothing works. Okay. It cool. is reading her fluff. I, it is insane the way that Kishtar turned out because the whole thing's like she's like this gladiator combat person and all this uh, and like she, she was raised by literally raised by literal and, wolves. Yeah. And yeah, what's she do? I gunline people like like I'm the Brits in Japan. Yeah, I'm basically like all American freedom right here. Get your freedoms. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, it's so weird. Moloch, I think, is the one that will probably need the most experimenting. I think, I think having him as a shoe in though with Sabrath, and Sabrath can do some interesting stuff with him. Like the fact that you can move him with perdition before he activates means that he very frequently can be moved into position to just scoop up any souls, and that's yeah. nice. Yeah, uh, I think that's the easiest one. And again, I think he's an easy inclusion. He's like Mevaditsa. Like, you're like, do I take a tyrant or do I take a tyrant? Do I spend a point to get a tyrant which has no chain weapon, plus one power, um, uh, more more um, like four more, three or four more power on the shield? Like, sure. And a bunch of rules that might come up. Mm-hmm. Sure, sounds great. Yeah, it can't be underestimated. Like, power, death fourteen with Poltergeist is oh, just plus one good. Yeah, like there are some, there are something like fuck. If you're playing into dusk and you can successfully guard him against like shield, like a uh, big knocked over, he's damn good. <laughs> mm. <laughs> he's also really annoying to deal with. Yeah, but then a lot of times, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna redline this guy and he's gonna go and have a good time. Good time. Is there anything better than redlining him? Probably not. All right, look, redline is the best, and has been, I think, for a good chunk of time, the best jack buff you could put on a jack, like best uh. upkeep spell. It's pretty close. I think superiority gives it a slight run for its money, but... No, superiority would... Look, superiority does only because Great Bears charge for free anyway, right? But it kind of, like, when you get down to it, strength and free charge is always going to win over just Matt, especially when superiority was a lot better than Jacks were Matt 6 across the board. Like, you know, also, Dusk would love superiority a lot more than Kador really cares about it, because Kador is just like... I, I. all right, I guess. <laughs> I did also look at. I, I looked it up. Um, Hell Hellgate does not um stack with, uh, repo. Stack with repo, which yeah. is a bit of a shame. Um, but like a four inch place is a little bit annoying. It's not the great area thing, but if you can plan around it, you might be able to either smack your way through some trees, um, and smash something, and then pop over the other side, um, or uh, behind a wall or something like that. It's yeah. it, it's it's nice. It's nice to try to uh, to try to keep yourself alive. My prediction is this is probably going to be the one you see the least because, simply put, it probably its rules might not be worth including over a tyrant with things like great rules like a shield and relentless mm. charge, right? Those are good rules. Um, uh, chain weapon as well, thresher. Like a tyrant already does quite a lot. Do you really need this guy? Maybe not. Yeah, uh, it's one point though. Even the plus one mat's probably okay. Yeah, it could be. Um, definitely need less of a game plan with this guy. I can play the say the general, right? The general you need a dedicated plan for. Anyway, that's that. Yeah. That's the news. Except that there's something we kind of been alluding to. We haven't really gone into, and that's the fact that fluff now exists again. And yeah. I just want to, without going fully into it and doing a deep dive into like Kishtar, the fact that she again. <laughs> oh wait, we already did that. All right, doing more of a deep dive. Um, I will say that. It's funny how much you miss fluff when you don't have it. Like, we made fun of, like, the Mark III, like, sorry, the Mark II fluff of just, like, in the books, right? And how hilarious it's still getting towards the end. And basically, like, this no, is a hyper-lethal it's setting. The, it's, the Mark, it's the Mark I fluff where um, Haley speaks like a scullery maid. Yeah. Oh, damn. 
Oh uh, God, no. <laughs> oh no, oh no, the Crix one was great, like, because, yeah, Haley, like, uh, Denny would also speak, like, just a normal person. Uh, Asphyxis <laughs> would speak ye old English, and Scar would speak like a pirate, and they'd all speak in this, they'd all be in the same thing. You'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Um, I definitely remember reading Fluff with Vlad, who basically spoke with Zs and Vs. Uh, they thankfully got rid of a lot of that. But, yeah, yeah like, it's funny how much you miss Fluff until then. And Pirate of Press has always been, first and foremost, they made RPGs before they made minis that we smash on the table and roll dice with. The, the setting always did feel like an uh, like a GM's paradise. Hmm. Um, it, it's, its narrative was nice to have, and there are moments which I still really like. I've actually been in a, a little bit in the back of my brain thinking of maybe trying to trying to write a short rpg just as for people who are who want as an introduction to the iron kingdoms um and like there's bits like um like sorcia that when sorcia like kicked open the boxes which are which are supposedly full of cortexes and then uh were actually just filled with war jacks and smashed all the all of the oh, yeah, like there's cool bits there's really cool there's cool bits um vlad disappearing into the fog to possibly die um to, when, when fighting these ancient revenant things there's lots of cool bits from the fluff which were which um, I won't say it's the greatest in the world. It's Wargame Fluff. I mean, whatever. But it was still fun to have. It added a lot of color to the scenery. And, like, that's the thing which oftentimes, like, it, that's what feels missing. Even, like, you've, you've got these new casters, but, like, fucking people like Iona. Tell me, yes. tell me like, the, 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 the emotional resonance you have with Iona. What's she done? Well, Who it, is she? Compared to, say, like, Cromag, I've read Cromag's original flop, and it's pretty interesting. It's like, why does Cromag not have Heart Eater originally? Is because basically it's just like, all of these guys are cowards. I cannot, like, you know, cowards with guns and technology, and they're not worth eating, mm. right? And the fact that he was the only Tharn to ever undergo, like, druid wilding and gain superpowers, right? And the fact that, like, this weird conflicting situation he feels... And then all of a sudden, like the 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 culmination of him getting Rag- like a uh, Ratharok, the big axe, right? Like, you know, yeah, feels all really cool and like well flipped out. And then you have Iona who's just like, oh yeah, I'm also a Thon. And also Iona is here, and I'm yeah. Christensen. <laughs> May I present like a counterpart, which is like Horushuk, Horushuk, Horusk, Horusk, right? <laughs> who ever knew? That the guy who looks like basically the evil overlord, like the stereotypical evil overlord, was actually, in fact, evil Uncle Iroh from Avatar, right? <laughs> <laughs> and whoever thought that, that like, that like it's literally five pages of fluff, and all of a sudden, I actually give a fucking shit about it. Never mind, like, Borishak, like, Yucky Boris, that was all I knew him as, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, he has an actually interesting, like, story. And the, oh like, my god, he, he's, he, he hasn't peaked until his middle age. This guy's like me for real, for real. Yeah, yeah, he's like a mature age what? student. You mean right? we get to care about characters again? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Athena the Barrow is an S-tier bullshit model, and we can read her fluff for real as it comes from daddy issues. <laughs> the most powerful force in the universe. Exactly, yes. <laughs> and I, look... I got I got a little upset because I read Kishtar's fluff in two parts. Like the first thing I I opened up her fluff, read a couple couple of sentences, and then realized I was busy and couldn't actually finish it. And I really thought that what had happened was that um uh, the first thing it says is that she's incapable of human speech. I'm like I was like oh no, we reincarnated her too many times. Her brain's gone. She doesn't work <laughs> anymore. <laughs> But it's actually even more interesting because now you've got like Kishtar's thing is that yeah she she was uh, her house was kind of destroyed and she was raised by wolves and now the rest of her house is like look we've resurrected this Kishtar, Kishtar. she is like 
taking names and she's she's slaying fools and taking names but we kind of we're gonna send her to Imran and hope she dies <laughs> yeah. uh, so we get a better kish to her back because this one's getting embarrassing yeah we want a refund <laughs> but unfortunately it's like our sacred ancestor so reset button you know, reset button reset yeah exactly it's yeah, like, how mean, do we how do we very nicely ask for a redo yeah, and, you, and, and when it's like you know, it's a little bit of the go, go ahead sorry it's like a god-given avatar takes shape and it's like comes in the form of like one of those isekai protagonists and then the people are like can we just get a redo please all right we'll just send them on suicide missions until we get another one. Oh no this one was raised by wolves and can't speak fuck damn it yeah unfortunately she's too good at killing and as orgoth i guess we respect killing so here we go yeah, and, um, um, and and the person who can't who can't speak and was raised by wolves is definitely the level of intelligence required to play Kishtar. <laughs> perhaps, um, perhaps. I really like like I reading through. I did not give a shit about Orgoth really. Like, yeah, I didn't really. I'm like, yeah, cool. They they brought back Orgoth. It was the it's it's the world's longest Chekhov gun, just sitting there staring us in the face. Um, they went away, and it's fine. We need, don't need to think about it again because they went away across back the sea. It's fine. Yep. Um, but then like. They have the, mod- the models, and the new models are way cooler in person than I ever thought, even with the art. Um, they're all huge and chunky and really nice looking. Then I read the fluff, and it's got, like, the whole thing about, like, um, capital. Um, it's the capitalist urge of um, co- competition breeds innovation, and none of these kinds like each other. It's kind of like the old Cricks ones where all of the um, other Cricks uh, lich lords just kind of hated each other and used each other. And... Um, the Orgoth are a little bit weird in that uh, not a, almost all of the Orgoth, the, all three of these, people want them to fail in their uh, campaign against Imran, just not fail really hard. Because you've got like Sabrath who's like, no, 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 I want to take Imran because of an ancient prophecy that no one around me believes. And like, cool, we'll see more when Sabrath's fluff comes out. Then you got Haras because like, oh, well, I I was the first first person to conquer Imran, and I'll be damned to let this one do it again. Uh, so I want her to fail gently until they put me back in charge. And then there's Kishtar's family who's like, oh, God, I hope she just gets shot. Please, please, we just want someone who can speak. Well, I also we just, just like, look. someone to put Boris to put a bullet through her head. Hopefully she, like, conquers a bunch of stuff and gets us, like, land and power, but we can't really just offer ourselves because otherwise <laughs> we would just get, you know, completely destroyed back at home. So yeah. good luck, yeah. us. That's yeah. an inter- It's an interesting dynamic. All of a sudden the faction is a, a million times more interesting, and the reincarnation mechanic is awesome. Uh- I, I love, like, my favorite bit here, I'll just say, is the actual one about the technologies of the Orgoth, because it kind of explores how they got things like Warjacks and Arknodes randomly, because otherwise you'd be like, oh yeah, they have Arknodes, because of course they do, because everyone has Arknodes, because it's a game mechanic, and then they go into, like, how do they get Arknodes? Right, so a bunch of them got enslaved by Cricks, as you do, mm-hmm. right? And eventually they worked out a way of getting out of their contract by dying. <laughs> Which is just like, what? And then it's like, ties it all together. It's like, yeah. So they basically, they figured out the, the solution was to die. And then they reincarnated back at home. And they, because they obviously didn't reincarnate after a successful, glorious campaign, they became a servant caste. But because they also knew their knowledge from their past lives and bits and flashes, they're like, they put enough of it together to work out how to do warjacks, how to do arc nodes, and they also get into a bit of how Crix even does warjacks, and be like, that was really rad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also like um when when um, uh, Sabrath was saved by one of her um uh, Sabrath no 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Samrath was saved by, by, by one of her underlings, and she's an, visibly annoyed that she's going to have to pay that underling back somehow. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Awesome. Like, I think so on one of them healed her magically, and that costs soul energy, and she's like, I have to pay oh, that shit back. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I'm huge fan. Bring the fluff on. I love the uh, my uh, the subscription model is something which it never bugged me. To be honest, I um, I like I, I didn't mind it, and the fact that I'm paying for the fluff is like that's honestly like the list thing's nice, but the fluff is just really really nice to have. Mm. Just being able to explore the world again, and like they've now got a nice big plot hook of uh, of Boris Yuck bleeding, uh, blood coming from his eyes, holding a sword of uh, a, a sword. Um, well, he's definitely gone insane then because he's decided to put down his giant ass gun, which takes <laughs> names and critically APs people repeatedly. And then pick up a sword. It's like Prime, Paris, Prime, Paris. It's like fine, fine. We've heard you all these years since Mark One. We've wanted a Whitaker Micah Caster. Here you go. All right, we're getting rid of him. <laughs> all right, he's putting down his sword. He's putting that's down enough, his giant gun and that's enough up a listening sword. to our fans for this. Epic Boris has just butchered two. Yeah, <laughs> right. We had that guy before. All right, butchered two two. Butchered <laughs> twenty two. Butcher squared. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Good Bluff. fluff. Love it. Huge fan. Uh, just a very quick, like, fluff-adjacent news. Uh, the uh, Privacy Press put out their, um, uh, their RPG on Kickstarter. It's been, like, two days, and it's got two times its asking price. Like, we know Kickstarter asking prices are always low, so you can always say you smashed it. But, you know, it's nice. A lot of money. Hmm. Looks, looks like a cool thing. I Again, it's good that they're back fluff. into making fluff, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I need to corner someone. Actually, no, Brian, you're going to get me those books. Give me the books so I can read them. Yeah, I forgot. Sorry. Give me the books. <laughs> Give me the books. Give me the books. Give me the books. All right. Well, that's enough of uh, fluff and stuff. Let's get into the gritty. Ne- no, people don't listen to us to let us listen to us rag on about fluff. I don't know why people listen to us, honestly, but you know, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Instead, uh, we're going to talk about something that we've sort of talked a lot about, honestly, in parts of it because it's been an integral part of the new edition. That's units and. Well, honestly, like how to use units in our opinions and all like how to like define them, how to deal good units from bad and how to get the most out of them. So the first thing we're going to say, because apparently we hate units, we are going to confirm units are garbage. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, you we... must recognize one part of playing dudes is that as someone who has has played Winnegard Command multiple times and had lists repeatedly, which had more models than point value across different editions you must recognize first and foremost the thing with infantry infantry do get killed a lot and also like this edition structurally is kind of like the 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 one which is harshest on infantry yes i think our our meta has taken a little bit to an extreme uh we we are pretty pretty vocally the most anti-infantry um uh, meta in the game um, I feel like other people are going to come around eventually, but I don't know. I'm also splashing more infantry into my lists, so yeah, yeah, make like, on me. The thing with infantry also, given how they work, in this edition, because of the way the unit worlds work, because you're attacking with your entire unit at once, unlike other editions where infantry honestly fought in chunks, it yeah. was kind of like you would usually fight either with a range unit you'd fight with all of them but even then not at full capacity like not everyone would be aiming for instance and all that jazz and definitely when you were charging melee like when was the last time you'd ever charged with a unit with a unit attachment all 11 or 12 models into a single in like a single go right it just didn't happen unless you had 
a feat involved or a caster involved, and very rarely was it going to happen as well with a damage buff, right? Yeah. There are like there are exceptions, and honestly, a lot of the times you'll notice those exceptions are units that got played a lot, like Tharn Ravagers, for instance, especially with things like Iona, right? You piss off one Tharn Ravager, they're all coming for you, and they're all gonna get like fucking juiced up stats. Yeah. Disgusting. Now I'll say we can divide. There's a lot of ways, like before the cast, when we were talking about this subject, there are actually a lot of ways to define infantry because infantry is, after all, just like units, we should say, call them by their real name, is just a very broad category for a lot of different types of units. But I feel there's, first of all, there's two ways to realistically evaluate most units, and then we can get on the add-ons. I will then put a very strong caveat to start with. We've talked about this on previous podcasts, but the first thing to note is that unlike 40k, Age of Sigma, most other games, most infantry units in this game are very unique, right? There is no man with bolt gun, and then you have dwarf man with bolt gun, and then space nun with bolt gun, and then chaos man with bolt gun, and you get the idea, right? Mm -hmm. When you get down to it, a lot of the things that, say, make... In, especially in 40k, for instance, right? A lot of the things that differentiate the different mans with guns are usually army rules and, like, what kind of gun they have, right? They're not really... There's no crazy different variations. Like, a freaking unit of Primaris Marines is going to shoot you with guns, right? They'll have different guns glued onto it, but there's not going to be, like, some really different, like, schema to how the, like, units work, Right. If you were to swap out your Primaris Marines for Chaos Marines, Chaos Legionnaires, they would still basically do the same thing, right? They'd have slightly different army rules. That's where the complexity that comes in. And yes, there's also the strategies and all that. But all this is like macro level, right? Why are you bringing this 40k stuff into my podcast? Because I'm trying to... Why am I bringing it? It's to illustrate the difference between like, not only do you have a macro level thing in the War Machine in the fact that your casters completely change how your units behave in your army or whether you even want them or what... But also then on the micro level, all the units are very different, yeah. right? Yeah, I can, are, say, I, I can see that. There yeah. are definitely commonalities. There, there is a lot. I, I think that the thing is, I think, um, as I said, said before, I think there's about like eight different categories. If we go, if we rank units by like purpose, like mm-hmm. what, what they're generally trying to do, there's like eight different types of units with a lot of variation between them. Yeah, just real quick, for what it's worth, the ways you I, we tend to categorize units is first by their purpose, and second, what kills them. Yeah. So we'll go with purpose first. Go Take it away, Aaron. Uh, sing, single wound uh, Malik dudes, single wound, single wound um, range, range dudes, dudes uh, multi-wound Malik dudes, multi-wound range dudes, cavalry, um, uh, artillery, and utility. Uh, that's the sort of the big sort of generalized things between them. But like, I mean, there's what's a nayslayer? Is a nayslayer a single wound melee guy, or is he a cavalry model? Complicated. Yeah. <laughs> what is a what is a errant? Right, depending on matchup, he would actually be a single wound melee guy or a single wound ranged guy. Completely different, right? Yeah. Or utility because of the, because of the um yeah, yeah. has side um has, has the ability which essentially stops on kill effects still work? Uh, I believe so, yeah. And oh, also, yeah. Jesus Christ, by the way, this is just something completely to go. You know that whole thing where if you kill the guy who starts the... First of all, we got this wrong in another cast, as it turns out. So let's just say a guy charges, unit charges. You have a... um, You, you move your first guy into like a counterblast thing or whatever. 
they don't trigger it. You move your second guy, they do trigger it, and then they somehow don't kill the model they were originally targeting, but they killed the original model that started the charge, and then you get to go again because you have to pick a new model, and you can pick the model that's now currently in melee or just way up the field. Yeah, that unit only makes a normal... Uh, no, no yeah, normal normal, yeah see that's where we got wrong normal moves does include running charging and all the other fun things true but although now the now um if it's ooh, yeah, yeah okay. exactly and see this is where things get wacky is because errands can do that deliberately they can go like oh okay cool i killed the original guy now I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh that's infuriating <laughs> now now i will admit this is like more useful on like movement and stuff but you could do some wacky leapfrogging anyway just a just a note and also shout out to the guy who pointed it out Thank you for sending us a message. Um, but Did it was funny. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, speaking of which, there you go. That's the thing with errands you can do. Try not to do that. And also, that's probably one of the things that probably should get looked at just because for sanity's sake, if nothing else. Yeah, maybe. Anyhow. It, 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 uh, just just as a thing I've said before, like there, the, the movement system is not perfect. It is not. It is, we're not moving from a perfect moving system, an imperfect moving system, to a, a perfect one. There are quirks with both, and it's it's almost going to be impossible to make a perfect uh, movement system, which is like interesting. Yeah, it's one of the issues. Really, is that it's hard to make movement thing. Like it's really hard to measure stuff while models are in motion. Yeah. Which yeah. is what they changed recently, which I actually quite like a lot. Yeah, and I, I actually think it's made unit, it, it's given units a huge benefit as well. Correct. Yeah. So for what it's worth, uh, basically you don't check for, for you don't check for disengage during your movement, right? It's only at the start. So this so is. So if you can charge something, you the, the old sort of like, oh, you walk past me, you take a free strike. That just doesn't exist. It yeah, does exactly. not exist in any in any capacity. You don't lose your combat things from moving no. past. If you can squeak past, you can squeak past. No, uh, from what it's worth, like I've heard a lot of people go like, "Oh, this is, like gets rid of screening and stuff." Is like, no, it actually just changes it. It means that screening is now more physical board blocking, yeah. right? And it still matters as much as it used to, right? It's just and to changed. be honest, it is so much better than the alternative because I hate measuring stuff or stuffs in motion. Yeah. Like even if that sort of like over measury stuff, it was core to the War Machine experience, and it's still going to be core to the War Machine experience. But it's it's never nice to have to do. <laughs> it's just really fucking irritating, right? And it's never going to be perfect unless you do it on War Table, and even then, it can be a mess, right? And the fact that if, if it's a mess on a computer system, oh yeah. Anyway, so yes, units. It's yeah. So so if you're talking about purposes, you've you've got your like seven different types. You've got you've also got now the 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 defensive ways like what kills this model, which I think Chris wants to go into. Yeah. So first things first, this is generally speaking a combination of stats and special rules. Um, the way I define it is it sort of ranks up. So first things first, does the unit die to blast damage? Right. Unboosted blast damage. All right. Next category, does it die to a direct hit from like a gun right an unboosted gun uh then does then we sort of jump up a bit does it die to either a boosted gun or a charge attack from anything really um and then finally does it die to a warjack and then the final category is that it doesn't and when i say die to a warjack i do mean in one hit right does like your average heavy with a good stat line kill this guy in one smack of its main weapon right and most units will fall into these kind of categories. And then this is a combination, as I said, between regular rules and special rules. After all, if you just make infinite tough checks, then your models are going to survive infinite numbers of heavies going in. But that's not really the way to look at it. What you should be looking at more is that 
that is just a layer of uncertainty to add on top of the main layer. The main layer, for after all, pirates have always had that thing going on. But pirates are like 12, 13s, or sorry, 13, 12s or some shit. Yeah. They die to basically everything. They die to blast damage. They 100% die to gunshots, direct gunshots, right? So the amount of times you have to invoke their special rule, that will change, right? And that's why that kind of degrades their performance That Yes, they will be better than just infantry who didn't have that thing, who would still die to all those things. Look, ain't you old school Storm Knights, right? But they still will have, like, yeah, you still can't rate them as in like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, they can survive anything. They're great to go. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you roll infinite touch checks, they're definitely surviving everything until, like, the prisoner comes in and gets the Grievous Wounds card and fucking goes to ham and just chops all of them to pieces. Very yeah, small So, pieces. so uh, when you're evaluating what units you want to bring, I think you've really got to look at your caster and you've, and you're, you've got to look at the plan that your caster and your list and your army is really pushing. And units you kind of got to recognize are going to be there as a support piece to your heavies and lights. Your, the core of your list is generally going to be your jacks. There's not many, not really many lists right now which do not include that at least some level of core, um, just because they give you the sustain to get past turn two, right? Because you kind of have to assume that you know, your opponent's going to have some ability to kill your infantry, and your infantry dies really fast most of the time. Yes. It generally, with infantry, if there are dedicated infantry, anti-infantry answers out there, they will be very be bad for your guys. But again, it's in a sliding scale. So if we were to look at, take Winnicore, for example. Okay, if you were to take the standard Winner, like, you know, Winnicore infantry, they are on the scale, I'd say they die to gunshots. They they probably also die to blast. And we'll put them in the die to blast category, right? But then Is if there anything they don't die to? Um... No comment. <laughs> really badly started. Yeah, so I've come around on them just as a random side tangent because they kind of have something a lot of units don't, which is this weird sense of sustain because basically their core power is their support weapons and yeah. they will be the last things to go if you play it right. Yeah. There are, of course, rules around it, but it is it makes them that little bit better. Uh, okay. Def-13 also with access to set defense near all the defenses that are now out there also is kind of good. All right, anyway, Chris, would you would you now agree then that that unit is an artillery piece? <laughs> sure, <laughs> if you call artillery range eight rocket launchers, yeah, why not? I mean, there are right. a bunch of there are a bunch of guys who don't have the same weapons as the primary damage dealer. That's an artillery piece. All right, fine. <laughs> you except, if you bring, if, except if you bring the the grenades which i honestly i think i think the grenades are my favorite ones of the i three. think the grenades are horrible but that's primarily because oh yeah i'll tell you why it's because there's no other attachment that goes with them right if you could have like one grenadier and then one other guy that i don't know gives them like armor piercing ammunition or some other random benefit for the whole squad fantastic um but the fact is like Instead, it's like, well, you can't really bring two grenade porters, because then why would you? So then you're bringing a support weapon anyway, and the grenades are not good enough to justify that. So they are okay. the worst to me. Uh, I would say I thought the autocannon was going to be the worst, but no, it turns out volume fire is really good, even on a 10-11 stat line, right? Anyway. Kill order, kill order, kill order. Power 15, yeah. kill order, kill order. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, you're little fucking goobers. And again, remember that those autocannons are going to be the last things to go, right? Those little goobers are going to do a shit ton of damage. All right, so yeah, you've got the winner core there. Um, but then we take it up a step. You've got your Iron Fangs, your uh, not Iron Fangs, uh, Shock Trooper Pikeman. I really like I guess these guys. Too, yeah, that's the thing. It's like they do not die to direct gunshots. They definitely do not die to blast. They die to boosted guns and 
to charges. Okay, and then you have to evaluate them because you don't want to put if you are getting the option, it kind of almost works in a reverse way. You want your opponent to waste their highest quality attacks on your trash, right? <laughs> you want your heavy, your opponent with the general, right? If your opponent has the general, he's coming in, he's ready to fucking just do 20 jackhammers or something, you'd much rather he does 20 jackhammers to your Winnicore trash infantry than to say your 12 like shock trooper pikemen. Because he will probably kill the same amount of guys, right? Yeah. But every shock trooper is worth at least two to three of your Winnicore dudes, right? The and- pikemen are the, the, the... This is the melee multi-wound. And I think that the melee multi-wound is a... Is a it's really easy to be garbage yep. in this sort of thing, mainly by becoming too expensive. Yes. Uh, this is the Ravager problem. Ravager's like 13 points for them in the unit and the UA. It's just far too expensive for their job. Pikemen are seven points for the three guys, so it's not the end of the world that they all just die. Um, they're generally going to cost less than the uh, thing that kills them. Mm-hmm. And um, they just have the capacity to be... And if you don't, if you don't want to use the weapons on them... Then you can get these really irritating things where, like, oh, okay, um, these guys are going to charge into something, do do a bit of chip damage, and then I'm going to be forced to kill them. Um, yep. I My version of this is um, Skinwalkers, which I used recently, um, and they're really good. Like, the thing about Skinwalkers, <laughs> which I liked, is that they, which I, I hated, to be honest, it was that uh, all of their good rules were on the uh, on the UA. Like, if mm-hmm. you listen to UA, you use Gang and Cleave, which are pretty important rules. Oh, yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> but what Aaron, was I can the... tell you that that's been a problem for units since oh, as yeah. long as Mark II, and probably it's a safe guess to say it existed in Mark One. Yeah, 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 of course. But the thing is, is what I really liked was that I'm, I, I charged in, I did some damage, I killed, killed, a bunch, killed a bunch of stuff, and then Brian murdered the UAs and one guy left, so I only had two guys left. And they lasted the rest of the game just being just walking in front of Idolins going, ha, you got to attack me. Like, can you and, can you just fuck off, please? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I kept on <laughs> like, doing stuff. not help me. Yeah, yeah, doing stuff like putting one on either side of a wall so he was always going to get take the wall down, the, the wall downside if he attack, tried to attack both. Yeah. Mm, mm, beautiful. So, like, now this, like, quite cheap unit, which has done a little bit of work, um, is just gumming up my opponent's heavies, and they are so much cheaper than what they're actually fighting, and they're just tough enough that his trash doesn't kill them. Yes. Because I think the big difference between the melee units is that if you've got your, if you're going for your small base melee units, you have to kind of run under the assumption that they are a one-use model. They're a they're, they're they are an absolute missile. They are going to go in and they're going to kill something, and then your opponent's trash, like your opponent's like backline druids, their random mechanics, and they hit them with a wrench and they die. Officer, sorry, <laughs> an officer will probably kill the entire unit in one go. Yeah, and he will have attacks to spare. Mm-hmm. Fuck that yeah. guy. <laughs> so dumb. I mean, he's but he's no Winnegard officer, so yeah. Uh, that yeah. Winnegard officer will kill a Skinwalker. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but he's going to tough, and then he's going to be feign death, and it's going to be real irritating to my gun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, like, being the the, the major purpose, I think, for, for uh, medium-based infantry, melee infantry specifically, is not just I'm going to load these guys up with as much damage as possible and use them to kill my opponents, like, heavies and stuff, and trade up. They can. 
in the right circumstances, you can trade up with these sorts of models. But a lot of time you're not going to. But your plan is your, your plan with them is that they have to go in, do enough damage to justify their inclusion, and then they just need to be really irritating. Yes. So uh, for instance, like just a roll for another example, um, Manowar Demo Core with uh, Dragadovich filled this role perfectly. And I think I said it on one of the podcasts, right? If you could take multiple Dragadoviches. Armored Core would be fucking great, right? It'd mm. be a great list, because this would hit both aspects, right? With Drogadovich, you have enough attacks that you will trade up, especially with Eroskas in that one, so you have access to Battle Lust, right? And then Drogadovich gives them the mini feat that allows them to spread the damage, and it just, and then gives them Shield Wall, and it just gets you so much extra durability. It means it's really annoying to kill, like, it's really quite annoying to kill these idiot hammer dudes who just run in, Leroy Jenkins style, and trying to smack in and fail to crit freeze you because, of course, they did. <laughs> but... No, 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 Chris, the last one crit freeze. The last one crit freeze is great, so he does a bit of extra damage. Or Dragali crit, crit freeze is on his off attack. Anyway, <laughs> you get, like, that. that's the, that's what you sort of need to be, and you compare them to, say, the unit without Dragadovich. And all of a sudden, you've got a unit that dies to heavies, which is worth killing because they do quite a lot of damage. That is one thing to appreciate. Most medium... I Most of them are not with... going to be able to trade up versus a heavy. That's, yeah, exactly. that's the big change between medium base melee infantry from Mark 3 to Mark 4. They yes. used to be able to trade up versus heavies because you could pile in pretty much the whole unit versus one target because they represented so much power in a small amount of bases. So often the whole unit could get in, especially when they started getting loaded with speed buffs and vengeances and things like that. Yep. Even my even my big units of Ravagers would often just get in and just absolutely trash whatever they got into. That's mostly a thing of the past now. You have to actually use some thought, which I hate. I yep. don't never <laughs> want to do that again. Um, and of course, there are a lot of things that miss the mark in this. And hopefully they'll get hit by the rider eventually. Yeah. But like there, there, there are medium-based units which are just, they're not going to be, if, if your medium-based unit is not very tough, your know, medium-based melee unit's not very tough, you're probably not going to be seeing much play. Yeah, so if we're going to give an example, right, like a lot of this time it isn't just like raw stats that get you there, especially with medium-based ones where they like multiple medium-based infantry for what it's worth. We are specifically referring to multiple boxes since like technically Orgoth are all medium-based infantry. Yeah. Right? <laughs> medium bases, small units, so three mans max, right? Possibly yeah. a UA if it's a legacy faction, right? Um. A lot of these, their their defenses, their special stats actually matter more in the scheme of things than their special rules matter more than their actual raw stats. Because most of them are not going to have the raw stats to tank heavy damage, right? For mm. instance, again, back to the whole example I just said earlier with Democore. Democore are 10-17, right? They get auto hit and at plus two damage by most warjacks, right? <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. Uh, then again, you add the special stats. Yeah, you even add shield wall. All right, now we're just at straight dice. So they're only basically definitely killing me on the charge, and otherwise it's going to be dice minus one. It's like two hits to kill one of these fuckwits. And then we add the mini fee on top of that. Okay, it's now two hits, except not really, because then you're spreading damage around, so your damage is super inefficient. Yeah. And then you can throw in a couple of extra rules if you really want. Tough retaliatory strike. Okay, so I hit this guy... He survives even after taking 30 damage because all these bros give him a hand, and then he crit freezes me on the return strike. What the fuck? Yeah, um, so usually it's going to be if you're too expensive or if you don't hit, like, very hard. Yes. If you're too expensive, you don't... If you're too expensive, then or you're not going to be... Or are not good enough, right? And yeah. for what it's worth, tough is a special rule on a lot of these, and tough is worse... 
good in general. Worst good. As you, the, the like smaller and more expensive you are, right? You want your tough checks to actually not matter if they really succeed or not, but to overall prolong a unit's efficiency. If you could give tough to say, like for instance, if anyone's played Horosk and he's used the tough card on his feet turn on some unit of dickhead dudes, like just, I don't know, strike uh, raiders or something strike like that, raiders. right? Strike Reavers, right? That unit is way more irritating to kill than the Urgoth Axes. Not necessarily because they're harder to kill, but because the efficiency value here just doesn't compute. You're making more tough checks because, of course, you are. But the tough checks themselves, if they fail, matter less. Like, realistically, if you've got that combo going, so the Strike Reavers plus the flag run in, the actual model that only matters is the flag. And the flag has effectively six wounds that don't spill over because there's six individual guys have to die before flag dies. And in addition, every one of those wounds is probably going to be saved with a four plots tough. And they also get a bit of extra armor, which might even get them there. There, It starts cutting out things. Strike Reavers under Horusk's feet, you cannot really kill with guns. So they go into the next category. They have to be killed with boosted guns. And fuck me, are you going to boost, like, a gunshot on this guy? Yeah. It's a stu- yeah. And you um, would... Yeah. I want to... Just, just to... Uh, I think that's a good start, uh, a good primer. So, like, cheap... Cheap and nasty medium-based units, which are tough to kill, to force your opponent to overextend. Um, they, I think, they're a, a almost uh, a, an almost 180 on this sort of thing is actually the Molly single-based unit. Uh, their whole purpose is to be as, um, I mean, look, I'm going to say cheap a lot because the cheaper things are, the better they are. It's never bad to be cheap. Uh, you don't want stuff to be expensive um, unless it provides a huge amount of value. I find that value has to be on a sort of like an exponential scale. Um, yes. you can't um, you can't just be linearly better most of the time. You have to be a lot better if you want to be expensive, especially when you start getting to the point where things can take two things of your one. Uh, your melee units, your melee single wind units, you want to be fast. You want to have a method to survive your opponent's long-range gunshots and blasts, and you want to hit as hard as you possibly can. Yep. Because their purpose is that, that small base melee units have the biggest density of attacks in the game, so, which means that they can do the most uh, do the most attacks, which means that they're rolling the most amount of damage rolls, um, and more damage rolls when they hit at the point where they're actually damaging stuff uh, will do more damage than a couple of board attacks from a warjack. This is why heavy warjacks rarely boost when they're fighting other warjacks. They really, really want to actually just buy attacks because more attacks does more damage. Correct. So. The king hits in this, the absolute kings, I think there's the two there's there's the two genders here. You got the Storm Guard, the new Storm Guard. Um, so the new yep. Storm Guard, they are mightily cheap at seven points. Um, they are speed six with reach, so which is very far. Um, and they have Mat seven, power fifteen on the charge, which is very with Jack Hunter, which is a ludicrous amount of damage. Yep. Um so they're cheap and they're fast and they move move quick and they do damage, which forces your opponent into the question of I now have to attack these models. And again, if your if your opponents were forced to attack your trash, then you're up. Yeah. Then you can start to layer on defenses like de, de, deflection, I think is what Cigna has or decel. It's def whatever though. It gives them defense. <laughs> um, defense. Also, oh. I'm pretty sure it is deflection. Yep, deflection. And uh, the other one is nasalize. Which yeah, I'm going to exactly. count as single wound models. No, no, Naysayers are 100% single wound models, and they are, to me, like, there are two sides of the pinnacle. Like, Naysayers, I think, are the best, and there's no question about it, right? Except they pay for it. 13 points is so much. True. They do um, pay a lot they for have it. To tr- they have to not only kill a heavy, they kind of need to kill a good heavy, or they need to kill a heavy and a half. Yep. 
Um, the thing is, though, is that are... naysayers can definitely do that, right? Yeah. You just need to... So if you're playing into naysayers, you have to be aware that naysayers exist and, like, just don't give them that kind of... like. If you give them two heavies, they will happily kill two heavies. If you give them three heavies, they will kill two and a half of the heavies and then cripple the last one, right? Yeah, and because, they, might... because they, especially if you're fa- facing someone like um, Heretic. The Heretic's Nayslayers are monstrous things. Um, not just that, but also Heretic's Nayslayers hit really hard. Uh, old Witch's Her- Nayslayers are like 15-inch threat. Yeah, exactly. And also hit hard. The you. They they go really really far. They do a hell of a lot of damage. They are the quintessential single the small single wound melee unit. Um, there a lot of other units do a very similar sort of job. Um, and there's a big sort of scale between them. But I think that this is a, this is a, a not a very crowded field in my opinion. Um yeah well it's very much like you've got good and bad. Like for instance if we were to compare Stormguard to Stormblade Legionnaires it's just like. So one thing you got to look at if the two examples we've listed, Nayslayers, Stormguard, because there is a second aspect. Like it isn't just that you should do a shit ton of damage. It should also be that you've got rules to get there or rules to be annoying when you do get there. Right. So it's not just an instant like cleanup. Right. You don't just have a heavy trample over all your guys and they all die. Right. Or you just you a know, single thresher, a single thresher, a single storm legion officer comes in and kills your entire unit. Right. Like that shouldn't be the case i mean look the thing is is that if you if you are that's the naysayer thing the naysayer thing is that they are literally one use unless you have won the game yeah the storm the storm guard like honestly the fact that they have set defense access to deflection and things like like wolf's feet on top of that that's what to me makes them uh, dare i say better but like that part adds to their overall value right you got to be looking for things like that as well. It's why things like, say, your old school, like we called, used to call it victim stats back like in the day, 12, 15, hits with, hit with everything, died to everything. Yep, not quite good enough. If I'm going to compare it to the other example in Grifkin, which is Dread Rots, right? Oh, boy. Yeah, exactly. You're looking at this unit, right? They are cheap, right? And that is one thing to consider, right? You could take... Three and units I of did. Dread Rods. I the, did. And you can take three units of Dread Rods for less than the price of two units of Nace Layers, right? Not including UAs even. And then you get to, like, and they have no real defensive tech. They have 13, 14 with tough. That's it. And no real way to get there apart from desperate pace and hoping your opponent doesn't have enough guns and hoping Old Witch can get them there. Yep. Um, but that's the thing. Like, with Old Witch, I'd say they probably actually are good enough because they are cheap and they're in mass. But. A lot of in mass being 15 guys, which is evaporates very quickly. Exactly. Well, look, we played 30 dread rots back in the day, and we won a WTC with them, right? <laughs> but that's that's that was off the back of a lot of army rules, and that's kind of where you can get in. Like the units themselves don't necessarily have to have the rules that get them there. Often they'll get them from solos, or oh, they'll get passes support. Uh, the secret source, the real secret source of these single wound elite models, is when you can profit from their death. Yes, that's that another. Is, that is the, the the pure secret source that makes it that, that makes it worth. If you if you are not able to use Nayslayers and um and um, uh, Stormguard and things of that caliber, if you can profit from their deaths, you are in a really nice position. The new um, Soulless Guardians from Dusk, I think of them as a hybrid. They're mostly a utility unit because their job is to be shield guards. Uh, but you can battle lust them. They've got two melee attacks and they've got two power tens. Like that's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. If your opponent doesn't have any guns, you've just got like 
six dudes who love sorry five dudes who can take battle loss really well um but yeah. the real key they is can that charge at a heavy and then use if they're close enough and because you get to place them you can kill some chaff too yeah they're offhand attack yeah but the I, real like, key is that the, there's that not only do you need to get value you don't need to get value offensively because if they die they're providing value because they're giving you the um spooky uh, ghosts the spooky ghosts and the and the um souls or corpses or power power tokens for your um void engines yeah. This is why I took Dead Rots when I was playing uh, Heretic, because there's, you'd have these three units of Dead Rots who were just like they were just annoying enough that your opponent actually had to use attacks to kill them, and uh, you I could use them to trigger Arcana. Yeah, no, hundred percent. In Solus Guardians, by the way, like that's a good example of a good use unit, right? They are, for what it's worth, like hybrid. Yeah, I mean, again, this is where, again, we go into the fact that unit definitions are always a bit blurry. Yep. But yeah, they... <laughs> Think about it this way. You charge a Solus Guardian into a clump of medium-based dude mans, and each of these fuckwits is killing one of, on between their two attacks, killing one of your medium-based dude mans. And that's not even that out of this world, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because especially with Battle Lust... You'd fucking take that trait any day of the week. And then when you do so, you're going to just come out morally victorious, if nothing else. In addition, your opponent is going to be fucking fuming. Um, <laughs> and even if they die, they turn into ghosts. <laughs> and yeah. you still have to deal with the ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, An example I've got of a bad unit of this sort of thing is the Reaver Skirmishes. Um, I don't like the Reaver. These are the, the new Orgoth, um, yeah, Orgoth. Uh, single-wound melee guys. Look, there is a theoretical world. They also world. happen to be the ambush unit, right? Yep, yeah, I will never respect ambush. I can respect an ambush unit occasionally, but I will never respect ambush. But, like, they have victim stats, 13, 14. They don't even have tough. They have overtake. They got a mat, two mat, six power, 12s. Yep. Like, you can theoretically go, like, hi, I'm playing Orgoth, so I'm going to add five to these guys' power, but it's just not going to happen. No, not even really. if it does. Yeah, it's also like even if it does, they don't have any rules that okay, you you got it in, that was fun, then you clean them up. Yeah. Um. So they're not hitting either, and you're if not they profiting die, from the deaths. If it, they die, yeah, you don't get any value from it, right? This isn't like they're not like say the um the uh, strike reavers who are doing exactly this sort of thing. <laughs> Can't even have fucking silence of death as well, just like reaver skirmishes. But because of the, like, because of a combination of buffs, you suddenly took this unit that also is a trash unit, at least it's a trash unit with guns, but instead now is a trash unit that is way harder to deal with than has any right to be. Yeah. There's one other thing to consider with units as well, especially with, I would say, melee single wounders. A lot of effects in this game profit from killing your opponent's models, right? From feats such as, say, Boris's feat. Uh, to effects like say overtake on the general the more guys you have around especially if they're easy to kill trash the more you risk exposing yourself to bad matchups that you shouldn't really yeah. have because your opponent now suddenly has a whole bunch of things they can do like they can collect souls and corpses from your reaver skirmishes so all of a sudden yeah. moloch who we just said is like oh you're not always going to have the souls and corpses to fuel like souls to fuel this guy all of a sudden he's going to look at you know reaver skirmishes and go yum 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 yeah you're, you're going to turn into a ludicrously sized ham in a 1940s cartoon <laughs> yes Poltergeist is the is the the scent doing a a, a big sort of finger pulling him uh, making him float towards you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, yeah. The, and like there's also just your opponent's AoEs don't make value if you don't give them stuff that their AoEs can actually hit. That is a sort of like a a, 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 a strategy that's pretty common in like these sorts of games and, and like like fucking RTSs, right? If you're if you have something that counters something, then if your opponent doesn't take that, you're still often forced to take the thing that counters it on the off, the off chance that they might actually bring it. But if they don't, you've now got an inefficient model. Yeah. So that, I think, is a neat segue into single rune ranged guys, Which right? Which is a real shame because I actually kind of wanted to talk very quickly about single... They're, 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 I think one of the my least favorite sort of units in general is single wounders whose sole purpose is to annihilate enemy single wounders. Yeah, so the main one of this, I'd say, is single wound ranged guys, right? You're, if we're looking at, like, your Dusk Rifleman, uh, even the Winter Core Rifleman to a lesser extent, although I actually disagree with that. Because uh, they're found. artillery. Yeah, because they're artillery. By the way, I have a quick question, just on a complete tangent. Is the Hellmouth an artillery piece? <laughs> Fuck. Uh, God damn it, you hoisted me with my own petard. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, for what is worth, if we go, I think it's the only melee artillery piece in the game. I, there I you might, go. All right, Hellmouth confirmed an artillery piece. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Do you know what the Do you know what the Hellmouth is? A huge fucking cut in my side. That's what it is. Well, the Hellmouth is actually probably the best um, medium-based infantry unit, melee infantry unit in the game, which yeah. is why our stat, our actual definition is not medium-based. It'll like it's yeah. multi-wound, right? And it definitely is the best at that. Except um, all of its tentacles aren't multi-wound. God damn it. Yeah, that's fine. It's got the the more has enough wounds for everyone, right? Fucking <laughs> Hellmouth. Yeah. Anyway, yes, units which basically so ranged units. Uh, single wound ranged units, a lot of these times they are the various factions line infantry, for instance, like trenches. Winnicore infantry, Solus uh Solus Hunters, I think they're called. Wait, Winnegard uh, the... Winnegard infantry, I'm I'm gonna put a thing on that. They are not ranged units. Okay, fine. Winnicore infantry. Uh <laughs> Winnegard infantry don't exist for one and two, even if they did exist, they Sorry. are still that. You, you Just ignore I mean. the rocket. Trench oh. trencher infantry. Trencher like, infantry are trencher, not yeah. No, no, no. I definitely didn't say trencher infantry already. Right. Yeah. I was gonna go into other ones, like say um steelhead steelhead riflemen, right? Uh a lot of or these blood trackers. Or this blood one trackers. I, oh, I don't like blood trackers. <laughs> So a lot of these, the good and the bad in this case is actually more related to how much damage they do. It's a lot easier to get all of the action out of any of these units because of the unit movement rules. At worst, you'll probably sacrifice one attack. But yeah. it's like, but for instance, if you the the, the, the key back, mathematical sorry the, the the key mathematical point here is that if you're talking about melee versus range, melee attacks are when you're talking about infantry in general, 99% of the time they're 3.5 higher than they, you think they should because of charging. Right, a a a model that charges gets an extra gets a boosted damage roll, which means that it it hits harder than than the sort of the two d six scale should. Guns don't do that, and yep. so gun uh, and you, single wound infantry are almost always laden down with bad guns. Range ten to power range power ten sorry power ten to power thirteen is like the 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 real core there, and that is very low. It kills not very much. They they have a low rat most of the time. They don't ignore like in melee shooting. They suffer every damn every penalty. I personally think that like sort of structurally, ranged units, be they multi wound or single wounds, are the like the worst units. They have to have extremely impressive special rules and abilities or stats to justify their inclusion. Uh yeah, kinda. 
I think that it's basically this is a bit of a haves and have nots. So mm. and certainly this is one of the things Arian got into is like, cool, all right, you you might need to bring units with guns. And you might end playing to an opponent that has no things with guns that your guns are going to be anywhere useful against, right? So, or, or people might be teching, like they might be yeah. bringing, re- being ready for an Athena gun line, and so your te- little pe- range 10 power 10 pop guns are going to be absolutely ruined by Windstorm. Yeah, because they're going to be hit by the same shit that, you know, they're like, they're teching for fucking like rail guns and electro bombards and stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. if you show up with a bunch of, I don't know, blightedness archers or something like that, they're yeah. like, well, it works just, pretty much just as well as that. It's like, you know, it's like I ran into the thing I was taking for, but it's worse. <laughs> Ironically, so, though, I actually think Blood and Niss Archers are one of the better versions of this unit, just because they got two shots. I kind of agree as well. They're like, they would get me into one of the ways that you can make these units good. So the the bad, right, is basically that, remember my infantry damage scale? Dice to blast, dice to single, like, unboosted gunshots, right? Most infantry will only kill those models on that scale, right? Mm-hmm. Most models on the, the next tier up will die to two to three of the gunshots. Like, one if you're lucky, sure, but there's going to be the times where you're unlucky and you do no damage, right? So that's the way to think about it. Like, if you take most of these gun units that we just listed off, rattled off, and you shoot at, say, Shock Trooper Pikeman, you will kill probably one to two of them with an entire unit's activation. That's if you're getting lucky, right? There's yeah. a good chance you'll kill the entire unit, but there's also a good chance you'll kill none. And <laughs> yeah, and any defensive tech, including up to and including uh, defenses, cover, concealment, almost Shield always guard, windstorm. Oh no! If you, I don't know. I feel like if you can make your opponent shield guard your your dipshit power ten gun, uh, you can take your moral victory to the bank. Yeah, but then on oh, counterpoint, no. a lot of the times you'd be surprised how much you just have shield guards to spare. And also, if right. that one guy, like, if that guy's on one wound, 100% you get the shield guard, then you force your opponent to make another attack. Especially if it's, like, like the last attack that, the last easy model that get into that position to attack that guy. 100% yep. worth it. But, obviously, evaluate. Don't shield guard every fucking shot from, like, a hammer, the fucking high shield or something like that. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is your primary weakness here with rain. With, uh, with melee units, it's usually about delivery and damage. Range units, it's almost inevitably just about damage, but to a much greater degree. Like, a lot of melee units will just do infinite damage when you get them there. You can put arbitrary buffs on them. Like, hell, with that Reaver skirmishes we just got into, fuck, if you put actually delivered them with, like, Silence of Death, they will fucking chonk a bunch of shit. Mm. But... <laughs> oh yeah but you know the the actual problem there is getting them there and also then not over having them actually have a target worth attacking that your opponent's going to give you because they don't have any threat buffs unlike say Stormguard. and then also you get the idea ranged on the other hand is different right you cannot realistically stop a unit strike reavers shooting your main line right yeah they the way to erin you had a way of calculating the like functional range of these units with the teleport right it was basically it's your base movement it's, plus your gun range. It's, then it's base movement, gun range, uh, uh, two, two inches. inches. And then if you're a small base, it's 1.2, medium base 1.8, large base 2. Right. So with, what was the one, What was the medium base one again? 1.8. Okay. So your Strike Reavers are range 6. Sorry. They're 16, goes to 18, goes to 19.8, right? That is a very big range. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's just the nature of the the addition, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, yeah. Kind of, it's it's really but hard it's, to, to fully stay out of threat range of the of these sorts of things. 
exactly. But here's the other thing that's actually been the case basically forever, right? Like, you know, you weren't ever dodging. Like, that is one of the reasons why War Machine keeps its ranges small. And even then, it will still be a case of you will still be in, like, gun units will be able to shoot you. It's more of a question of, like, are you, you, the ranges being short, especially compared to, like, you know, other games like GW games. The ranges being short means that, yes, they can shoot you, but you can shoot them back or kill them back in some capacity yeah. or another. Right. So, yeah. What makes a gun unit good, I would say, is a couple of factors. The first one would be if they have ways of increasing their damage. And this can come in a lot of forms. And we'll get into two examples here. One which I alluded to, which I said earlier is shit, and then Arian corrected me. It's not. Blightedness archers, right? They have two things going for them. One, of course, being that they shoot twice. The two actually is the fact that they have combined ranged attack and enough models to actually make use of said combined ranged attack. They've also got a very easy access to a plus four damage swing. Is that from Lilith 1? Uh, I, w- I wasn't even thinking Lilith 1. I was thinking Insight and um, Kiss of Lilith, so I guess Lilith 1's a plus five. Yeah, sure. Fair enough. <laughs> it is Lilith 1, right? I don't know if it's Lilith 1 or Lilith, Lilith 2. Lilith 1 has, um, has Parasite. Yeah, good, good. Okay. But yeah, like, that's... Those are cost effectors, but even then, on a baseline, like, those units still will do good damage, right? Okay, yeah. good damage <laughs> might be an overstatement, but if you take them... Like, their real role, if their ideal role, is they kind of want to basically walk up and kill 12 infantry models, right? Or ideally, right? Um. They want an individual shooting. But in the event that they're not able to be used in this optimal way, you can walk up, put out six combined ranged attacks, and maybe kill... Uh, like three to six of your medium, sorry, multi-wound dude mans, right? <laughs> and even then, absolute worst case, they run into an armor 22 Kador heavy. They'll go, all right, well, we're going to walk up. We're going to do two power 17s to it by everyone C riding it. And then we're going to walk away, right? We're going to get on with our lives. But at least we're adding something to this game. And, you know, yeah. that kind of damage does add up, right? Like a power 17 hit, even unboosted, is about the equivalent of a power 14 gun shooting at that target with a boost, right? And power 14 is about the power of a lot of mainline, uh, like, guns. The pa- the problem I have with this entire unit type is that it's... The thing that the, the thing that it is weak... Sorry, the thing that is weak to it is not a common take. Yes. There's a lot of ways that you can make these units, like, do a good enough job... And you're sort of like, okay, I'm hoping that my unit is going to sit in the corner, never be targeted by anything because it's going to be using its ranged attacks, and it's going to be able to plink a bunch of stuff over, over six turns. If that happens, sure. But it doesn't often doesn't have an ideal state in the game. Your medium, your, your single wound infantry, so your naysayers, right? They can have ideal states where they're like, oh, there's two heavies next to each other. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Party time. Party time. I get to do what I want. Um, your opponent is not going to be bringing a bunch of unsupported, bad statted dudes without being able to profit from them. So, like, the best case scenario for uh, the Blightedness Archers is it kills a bunch of models who want to die. Can be, yes. Like, so, like, you don't exactly. have a best-case scenario is, is, is my, my issue here. You've got a lot of okay scenarios, and I feel like you can often be like, I'll take this unit and feel okay about it. But also I find that a lot of games are not going that long because there's a lot of sumo pushes and stuff. If you've got a way to make the game go long, then sure, I think you might be able to get some value from these units. But the problem is, is that the more of these little plinky things that you take the more you are jeopardizing your ability for the game to actually go long because you need to have a front to actually take that punishment. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, you're going to have these units. You might take three units of Blightedness Archers, or however much you can, and a Kador player walks up, puts Mama Bear in front of you, puts Iron Flesh on it, and goes, okay. Yeah. Okay, Ooh. my plan is complete. Yeah. <laughs> I have successfully finished War Machine. Yeah, uh, and, yes. like the, and, that's, and we're talking about an ideal unit here where I think the Blightedness Archers are one of the better versions of this, where if you properly support them, you can get them up to, like, Power 15s, they can do a bunch of shots and a bunch of power and, and like uh, ten, uh, twelve power fifteen shots is not there's nothing to sniff at if you're doing all of that work. But then your opponent aims one AOE at them. Yeah, not even a good AOE, just a bad one. Yeah, again, dies to every, dies to blast damage on that scale. <laughs> yeah. So, it's yeah. a, it's a complicated one because I think even uh, to me I don't know I can be maybe I can be convinced if someone can point one out but like to me even the good units of this case feel bad to me. Okay, well let me give you a couple of other examples. All right, probably the easiest one I could think of would be do they still do it? I believe they do. <laughs> Crucible Guard Infantry. <laughs> All right. Yep, I mean, it's the old combo of the Crucible Guard Infantry and the Retaliator, and yes, I know you have to, to use the Retaliator to do it, but it's the fact that you have a unit, again, their job is just to shoot all day, right? They they want to be plinking away at things, but push comes to shove, you can just use them, you can fucking oil some target and then vaporize it with a shit ton of just like bang, 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 right? Sure, all right. Yeah. Those are the kind of units where you can scale up damage, right? It isn't just now typecast into a role of it. Its job, its job as trash infantry is to kill other trash infantry, right? That is not what you want in your single wound gun dudes, right? Yeah. Uh, to a lesser extent, let's just go winner, like winner core infantry. Like one of the things that makes them actually playable, honestly, would be the fact that they have rockets and auto cannons, right? The rockets are decent at like actually do quite a lot of damage right uh especially with things like kill order and the auto cannons again with like the auto cannons are good enough with the amount of damage profile they get especially because there's more random medium based dudes running around now that can actually benefit from being hosed with volume fire mm. but even then winter core infantry also aren't i would say fantastic right like yeah now um, the, and I, if we I, want to go I'm into the so ultimate really... example of the best ranged unit is of course like trencher infantry because they recognize because they are melee infantry <laughs> but you see how they're using their guns right their guns are still there like look trencher infantry if they just sit all game they're shooting at like storm legion storm guard right and they're basically there their primary job they're just thinning the herd of all this fucking trash coming your way right that is still a very acceptable use for them. It's just that they can also, if push comes to shove, get battle loss, get some fucking stir the blood and go in there, right? So let's let's just make, make a very quick thing here, right? So let's say that the best infantry, uh, best shooting infantry is something which has good defensive stats so it doesn't immediately die to blast damage and it has the capacity for multiple shots at a reasonably high rat, like 6+. plus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, or Hammer, the so, ability... so Hammerfell are the, are the best gun in the unit in the game. <laughs> Yeah, but they don't have good defensive stats. <laughs> 17 armor. Uh-huh. Yeah, all right. Good and luck. Access to reinforcements. I was thinking you were gonna someone was bringing to bring up fucking high shields. Yeah. <laughs> I think it disagree. Their primary the primary thing that makes ranged infantry good is the ability to do more damage than the usual categories they're typecast into, right? That is really what it matters. The secondary part is the blah like the ability to be resilient. 
and to a third degree i'd say special rules and stuff like hunter ignoring like you know ignoring stealth and things like that but what you're looking for really though is you want just these range units to be able to not get stuck in a game where they are functionally useless and that can be difficult right it can be real difficult and that also is a artifact i think of how our meta currently is with the early mark 4 releases because the primary thing pushed with jacks right and not all infantry are designed to actually fight jacks yeah i mean if you want to these guys are like, often fucking very, amazing uh, you know what actually i'm i'm going to be i'm going to uh, uh bring up the one which i can't believe we haven't brought up before which i think is the pure counter argument to everything i've said sharpshooters uh yeah, the, the winter guard sorry the, the winter guard sharpshooters yeah those things are incredible little models ah uh, yes because but they're, they're not damage they roll are... versus a hit roll and automatic damage are completely different things yeah i i i, I, th- I if i'm talking about like Arian? a ranged single wound unit i think that's my favorite Arian. yeah are they artillery? <laughs> <laughs> they have. No, they're gonna they, 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 they got a medium they have different weapons because the dog has a bite and is a medium based guy. <laughs> I think they're artillery. <laughs> um, Four legs on the dog, they're cavalry. Yeah, cav- um, oh, they're cavalry now. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure there's a cavalry sign. I'm pretty sure you, you're right. No, the dog doesn't have cavalry, unfortunately. Private press, please fix. Uh, yes. <laughs> Sharpshoot! Oh my gosh, sharpshoot! Because they're cheap, they are annoying. They're often not worth attacking. Um, they have the ability to sort of get out of the way and split up, so they're really resilient versus AOEs because they're never going to be within like a, that small range of each other. They provide value to other units in the game uh, in your in your army through um, uh, mark target. Yeah, that's the quintessential best unit of uh, best in show for me. You know what? I really can't disagree with that. Um, but let's get into like the why of things. The damage part, right? They just do guaranteed damage, and that automatically means even if you show up with like uh, fifty bajillion armor twenty four heavies, like the arbitrary high max, they will still do something. Yeah. Right. And then for their actual intended purpose, I mean, they have a power infinity gun, right? If they shoot anything, that their their job is to kill trash. If they shoot anything, it dies. Yeah. automatically cool fantastic yeah. it also brings up one of their main strengths and we'll do a quick tangent into this because it kind of relates a little to medium base range sorry uh multi-wound ranged units because i think that some of them do have this mechanic there's a lot more that have it than not than like i'd say the smaller base things repo repo on units mm. uh re- we would be remiss of doing a cast about units without talking about repo on units repo is so incredibly good on units but it is especially better on ranged units and there's a couple of reasons for this one is when you you're basically doing firing lines you can first of all when you move you obviously clump up and that can be very good offensively because it means that you can get maximum amount of models capable of making attacks they can get as many angles as possible to kill the valuable models and then you can use repo to split them up and that means that they now assume defensive postures. Like, I played a game against Arian where I left him on one box, uh, on Bradigus on one box. But, like, what I was doing with snipers was quite simple. I was walking nothing up. Nothing but net. Nothing but net. I was walking up. I was putting up my, like, I was getting the snipers going. They were all basically lined up, basically drawing a bead on the one guy I wanted dead. And I'd shoot that guy until it was, like, until, like, I shot him until he died and then I moved on to other targets. And then I split up and I had them hiding behind walls, hiding behind buildings. The dog walked backwards behind a wall and now it's just like, and contesting a zone. So 
No, one heavy worth attacking them. Not only were they not worth attacking, one heavy couldn't actually get to all of them, yeah. even with reach. And that automatically means that so they die to every like you know a unit committing in isn't going to wipe them out, and they're going to just basically be unengaged. You can't engage all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think Simple. a unit which which is not taken very often so far, but is going to be an unholy terror with this, is the Stormthrower unit from Signar. Yeah, that was uh, the because example. Because they have was, repo from their offices. Yeah, that was the example I was going to get into, is like, fuck me dead. Like, they're, an, they're a unit that, really, if you looked on paper, that unit is amazing. And honestly, it, it kind of is. that it doesn't see any play yet. Because it basically, it can't, it doesn't meet that criteria. It, like, it is, it is probably best in class, actually, at killing trash. Each of them has a spray, and their banner, which you want to take probably because you want to up their accuracy, also is a damage buff. However, yeah. they cannot kill other Storm, like, Legion models, which automatically is a huge downgrade, <laughs> right? Uh, and, yeah, they're not great at it. Yeah, that's, that, that, like, that might be one of the main issues. The, the main issue being that the one guy, the one faction that is running a lot of infantry is running electrically immune infantry. And like, fucking, <laughs> fucking shit. I, st- I really feel, I, I, I know this is me helping the enemy, but I do feel like the, the Cardo Pikeman should be immune to electricity. It is very weird <laughs> that Pride to Press only seems to give out immunity electricity to stuff that does electric damage. Yeah. It's very strange. I mean, it kind of makes sense because using it, you should be insulated from it. I mean, yeah, you'd I also agree think with that, if but... you fought it on a regular basis, you yeah. would come up with, you know, counters. You'd yeah, think that's... someone in, like, you know, that Cardo has overseas colonies, you'd think someone would find a fucking rubber tree and send some back. I know it's really, you can't grow rubber in the frozen north, but I'm sure that you can figure it out, right? Yeah. You've had enough wars with Signal, you can just make electrically immune armor from Salvage Storm Legion bits, right? <laughs> There's enough dead storm guard around, right? And storm blades. I hell knows we killed a lot of them during Mark One and Mark Two and Mark Three. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah I mean, honestly, that that is the solution. Cardo just has killed enough of the, the signal stuff. They should have a reasonable stockpile of that those um, uh, electrical cages. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, it just like it would force signal players to maybe like diversify slightly. Yeah, but that anyway. seems bad. Don't. <laughs> that seems unacceptable. Yeah, so. Where were we at it again? We were talking about we were talking about ranged units, like essentially stormthrowers. Stormthrowers oh, no, are the as well. Yes. As well. Yep. Uh, but yeah, stormthrowers are the king of killing a unit type, which is actually not something you often want to spend points actually killing. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a problem with stormblades as well, and also a problem with uh, like bloodweavers. Bloodweavers is something which like they're a melee single wound unit. This is a, a tangent, but like each one of those kills four inf- enemy infantry models, like every single one of them. Theoretically, the whole unit can kill, uh, what, 20 models? And That's pretty good. Yeah. If if an infantry meta comes up, like Devaro's host is coming back, baby, but, like, you you don't want to spend points on that because if you're spending points killing trash and your opponent doesn't bring trash, then you've brought trash. Yeah. Um, repo and guns is really good, though, because the um, melee units want to condense as much as possible to concentrate their, all of their damage as much as possible, while ranged units want to be as far away from each other as possible. In addition, it means what you can do is split it up so that it's harder to get, you can benefit from local terrain, like, especially Reaper with Pathfinder, yeah. is very good with forests, and very good with obstructions, because you can start zipping around and doing stuff. Furthermore, on subsequent turns, when you activate that unit, you now have a much bigger hypothetical range band of where you can go, because it's not, like, when they're in a clump, 
it's, you know, range from one guy, right? But they're all roughly in the same two-inch circle, like, yeah, two-inch diameter circle, sorry, two-inch radius circle, because that's where they were all placed. When they've then split off, and they're now five inches away from each other, that circle is now fucking gigantic of just hypothetical places they can go. Yeah, it gives you a lot more options, and... I will say these units, they will often have um, CRA, and, uh, and if all of them CRA, they can smack a caster. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, um, if you are playing, if you're trying to play the game where you're trying to kill your opponent, then probably not bad. I think um, I think a worst case, uh, my worst case unit, worst in show um, for this, uh, actually I've got two of them, both, both circle um, options. One's Blood Trackers. Um, Blood Trackers are a range 7 unit. Uh, they lose they, they they pretty much like windstorm reduces the range four it's real bad um <laughs> none of their rules are hugely relevant they don't have pistol but they, they're a close in unit they've got dual attack but again they don't have pistol and their melee attack sucks uh they have vengeance but again you don't really want to use it and also they get, kind vengeance of on a, they get vengeance on a character guy so you can't yeah. even yeah yeah like nualo is a one-off so you can't even like take these in bulk yeah um absolutely worst in show they theoretically hit harder than most other units because they're power nine weapon master with access to prey that you can shift around but they're so easily destroyed that it's really not not worth it and they're kind of expensive uh the other the other one is actually from the other one secret dominion um which is the fuck what's the name of them i actually own two of these units no i mean reeves aren't great either but um what's their name mm. what do they Wild do what Stalkers. do they look like well Oh, Wall Shrimp uh, theoretically have uh, have a lot of what we like because they start up range 10, power 12, and they can get plus one power per attack they make. But God, that sucks. <laughs> it's so bad. They're, 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 they're eight points for the for the five. Uh, actually, it's a unit of six, one of the few units of six in the game. Anyway. Because it's five Wall Shrimp and the Five minor. Wall Shrimp and the guy. Um, you just yeah, get a built-in at UA. Yeah, it, it functionally. Um, yeah, they just uh, they, 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 they are far too fair. They are low. They are rat average. They are power average to higher than average. So they die to pretty much anything that actually gets pointed at them. They don't make multiple shots, and their concentrated power. That they they take double. It's doubly bad when they lose models because not only are you losing attacks, but you're also losing hypothetical high power. It's yeah. Those sorts of units are ones which I really don't like. They you. It's it's reliant on a type of game that kind of doesn't. I don't think ever existed. That's why they were never popular. But I don't think it definitely exists now. Mm. I think Waldshrimp saw but it's been a while. Yeah, I mean Waldshrimp saw a lot of time when Crick's infantry was a thing because they also had magic gunshots and a bunch of other stuff. Like but yeah, that's yeah, weirds, though. Wald Weirds just took that job. Yeah, well that was the thing. Back in the day, Wald Weirds they, they weren't that good. Or they would super fury me- they were super expensive actually. I remember the Wald Stalkers were quite cheap. But okay. we're we're digressing back into yeah. the ye oldie times. But yeah. also you can see the thing there is like you took this unit because you needed to clean trash, but it's not a meadow where you can where trash cleaning is a high priority. Yeah. No, and no, even no, it no, is, no you want your trash cleaners to have other jobs so that they can do more, right? Like the like, Wald Trimp actually looking at this, this unit is actually really good. And no, you're wrong. It's a fucking terrible. No, no. Look at me out. It is really good and also fucking terrible at the same time. It's okay. got all the good rules, but it's also just not in a place where it's like, yeah, it's like showing up at the party, a Halloween party dressed in your business suit, and you're like, 
I mean, are you trying to come up as a serial killer? Like, we don't need this. This isn't what we're going for, right? This isn't the vibe of the current, like, of the current environment. All right, so that's enough about ranged units and stuff. I will just quickly go into, like, back to repo because I think it's very important. Sure. Malie repo is not really important unless it's super important, and by that I mean Malie repo is actually incredibly powerful on units that don't immediately die, right? So your yeah. nayslayer is probably not. Your storm guard, on the other hand, yes. If you can, if you're only getting one unit in, go ahead and desperate pace and repo that unit, especially if you can get them in these positions where you're under things like ants and wolf's feet, because instead of being basically giving you more options, what repo does on melee units is make you spread out and infect more of your opponent and give your opponent less options and infect their list almost like a virus. Because then you can start getting into wacky spaces and start have, forcing your opponent to waste activations, clearing guys in yeah. low value situations right you're gonna have to start having thinking about trampling and stuff like that yeah maximizing um, your opponent's inefficiency by forcing yeah. them to make attacks versus the the worst models you brought exactly yes especially with their high value pieces like their warjacks their caster things like that and this yeah, is casters, a, casters a weird one i find because the caster usually has zero value in that they don't want to be up there and attacking the value is forcing them to maybe show up some risk kind of uh, I guess that's one way to look at it. I find that like if you're spending focus, that's when you've got value from the your opponent's caster doing stuff. Kinda. Uh, there's a lot of times where I, where I wish that I could dig deeper, but the fact that their caster is there ready to do the cleanup job means I don't get to do. I don't actually get the effect I want. Mm, kind of fair. Uh, yeah, and and you're allowing them to spend the most efficient attack spell, which is buy an attack. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's um, way better than also again than arcane bolt. Sometimes right. Remember, you taking trash means your opponent sometimes wants to kill models to get bonuses. Yeah. Yeah. And you're bringing it close to the caster, and a lot of those kill, like, get bonuses for killing stuff are from the caster specifically. Yeah. So, yeah. Guys, I'm, I'm just trying to use this strategy versus Tyrus, who is going to Flashing Blade and then get a free focus for every guy he kills. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh no, please stop. Please do stop. Do not. This kills the crap. Please do not do this. Mm hmm. Yeah, um, the, you, these are the sorts of things where, like, this is this is not general advice. This is, like, matchup-specific stuff. It's really good to worm your units and interleave them through your opponent's army using repo if they don't have an answer to it. If they do, it can often really blow up in your face. But even then, it just means that the answer there is probably to pull back and in screening positions, yeah. right? But yeah, yeah it's or still, just like... move out of the way of your heavy. Or move out of the way of your heavy. Again, this is one of the reasons why it is not anywhere near as valuable as using on ranged units, but it still has a value, and we should talk about it, which we just did. So yeah. we can probably move on to the next one, which is still not artillery, which so far includes Hellmouth snipers, Hellmouth. <laughs> and um, now we're going to talk. We're going to talk about uh, range, medium, uh, sorry, range multi wound units, and I honestly think that structurally this is the worst unit in the game. Uh, I would agree, actually. Yes. Um, you have to be so good to see have, play as one of these models. Yeah. By and large... Good thing Dusk have one. Yeah, Dusk they, do have one. They probably even the then best not, one in the game. They probably do, and even then it's not, I would actually say, good enough, right? Like, you can do better. Yeah, like, you'll, you'll see them. You, I, you will I, I think they're good, Chris, because of the way... Because they easily do damage from a safe distance away. Okay, I suppose. Like, I, I've killed a heavy uh, one guys. Oh, really? All right. You can I'll just layer back. the debuffs, and they sit there, and they shoot you at, like, power 17 or 19. 
Yeah, okay. I take that back then. Yep. And they've also got they've also got blast damage if they really need as well. And well, deathly, blast- and deathly domination if your opponent has brought a wraith engine. Uh, I mean, also just in. I mean, it doesn't. Oh work. no, it doesn't work on warrior models. No, deathly dom. Well, I mean, deathly domination is instead. I mean, it sure does work on, but you have to kill the enemy model. No, it means that you basically get to cosplay as a Thamorite Archon from back in the day, and that's pretty good. <laughs> Thamorite Archons were definitely worth cosplaying as. Yeah, Dragon yeah, Archers so- are pretty good versus enemy Dusk. So in general, a lot of these like uh, multi-wound range guys tend to be units with AOEs or units with um with wacky attacks like again the dusk like stormbow guys and a lot of the time you kind of got the weaknesses of both medium based like sorry multi-wound melee guys with the lack of damage output of of being like too valuable like quite valuable per model they're almost always more expensive yes and in addition you also have the problems of ranged units where you might not necessarily be you know having the damage output to be relevant, right? You're also if, directly competing with Lightjack. Yes. Lightjack no, will almost always be, who will almost be, always have, be available, a similar points value and can boost. Yeah, which means that by default, even like even though you get one AoE gun on Lightjack compared to the three AoE guns you'd get from your random dude mans, you can boost. It means yeah. that... Means that you've got way more use. You can shoot yeah. the caster. It's fantastic. And those lights are, and and you can build those lights to just have two guns, which is two thirds of the unit, but also boostable. Yeah. Yeah. This 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 unit type really struggles. I think you can take them, and I think the bet the I think honestly the reason why you'll see play with the archers is because the lights in dusk are kind of shoddy and don't have very good guns. Yeah, it's mostly the don't have very good guns part. I think they're all right, but again, the don't have very good guns is such a huge step back, right? Because that's not what it's, you know. Well, it's another reason why I think that one of the best ones is actually Blood Pack. I think Blood Pack are absolutely one of the best ones, and one of the be- one of the big reasons is that circles, uh, sp- sorry, the guns in that army are trash. Yeah, and also pretty much also, the only boostable guns, boostable unit guns in the game. Again. I mean, the fact that you can... They still have the ability to... Give me a moment. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, the fact that you can use fuel this unit up with a fucking well. Yep. Yep, and you can bespoke fuel them up as well, and then they can have boosted power 14s with arcing fire. Fuck yeah. And hunter, right? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. It is a little... Um, I've, got, I've, got a silly, I've got a silly list with, um, with tr- uh, tree with two wells and two units of these ones. Um, because you got Curse of Shadows as well, so they're like Rat, uh, Rat Six Boostable Hunter, Arcing Fire Power Sixteens, which are boostable damage. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's actually not a joke, which is silly, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, it's it's there, there's potentially something there. It's weird that that's how Tharn look, but I think that you this unit type you need to be really good. You need to bring a bunch of boostable shots at a reliable sort of range. Um, you've got to be quite resilient. You've, it's it's hard. It's really hard. There's a, even the best is is not great. The um, the dreadguard archers are really good. They've got a long range and they've got a lot of options. Um, but you've can't, I feel like if a lot of the times if you try to overfocus on this sort of strategy, you're probably going to not have a very good front line. So you probably need to have like a defensive feat to make it work. Yeah, or you needed some way to make the game go long, because this is definitely one of those units where you need to start pruning your opponent's ways to kill it and get value of this unit type over time. Yeah. It's almost um, like they have this caster called Hella who gives them a defensive feat and 
yeah. provides him with a damage buff at the same time. Yeah, but Heleth is probably not going to make the game go long because your opponent's already dead. <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> I don't know, she's so, not quite the assassination caster the other gun casters right. are. For Starcraft watches, these sorts of units remind me very much of, uh, like, Swarm Hosts. Ah. Uh. <laughs> uh, I don't think... Uh, not sure about Swarm Hosts, but... Uh, Often trash, extremely annoying when they're good, and they rely, uh, rely on the game going extremely long to actually make value. Yeah. But the thing is, the Swarm Host doesn't fit, because the Swarm Host is definitely an artillery piece. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, if you want to see a example of how this unit type kind of ebbs and flows, and honestly, if there was more trash, again, this kind of unit type would flow better, uh, would be Cataphract and Cindiari from back in the day. They used to be the fucking tits, because... Honestly, I think they're still good. Uh, I, I I was looking at them today. We, Funnily enough, I had a conversation with people on this exact topic today, and, and really? yeah, Cataphract and Cindiari are not bad. In, like, they, in Cindiari. Sorry, in Cindiari, yeah. they're range 12, power 13, AoE 2. They still set people on fire too, still right? Still set people on fire. They're still rats. Oh, that's, yeah. that's usually a very good rule to have. Yeah. Like you don't kill them still, with the hit. They usually still make CRA. them miserable the turn after. They still got CRA, so they can actually do it, uh, raise it to a rat nine power sixteen. If you're and going cast hunter. Plus ten, right? Yeah. Uh, that's plus right. ten. Yeah, like, yeah. And for eight points, I think they're actually quite good. You don't need to also, and here's something to note: you don't actually need to take a lot of this unit. Oh, you can't. Type. You really can't. If you're taking two, you've got to have a hell of a plan. Yeah, like, if you're playing, like, Storm Legion, you're taking two units of Tempest Thunderers, right? It's got to be, like, something very caster-specific for a caster who doesn't even exist. You're playing, Athe- you're playing Athena. Yeah, but even then, like, do you really need, like, you're kind of doubling down on killing the same thing. One other thing, too, is that this kind of unit is exactly the kind of thing you'd want to kill with boostable gunshots, right? This is the primary value. Extremely, it's easy to kill about that. The only, why another one of the better ones is actually the Crucible Guard guys. Yes. Uh, I was going to get into is like there there's only one type of unit more uh, easy, more valuable to kill like per model than um these ones uh another example i'll tell you what like the best in class for me is not even really close quite simple it's fucking man of war it's man of war like oppressors no oppressors because they technically oh of course yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) those guys are monsters they are amazing but then why are they monsters right they have the damage to scale up especially with caster boosts like say valeri valeri valeri's one is just like you you take one to start with your list and then you might take a second one and then valeria gives them extra support options and then they also don't have the problem of dying to boostable guns because they're fucking man of war um ten, and, um, a, ten, a death actually, 10 armor 19 10 boxes is reasonably resilient actually i'm gonna take that back that's one of the differences you said bombardiers before man of war bombardiers man of war bombardiers used to die all the time randomly to boostable guns they're slightly mm. less with the extra arm the extra arm actually helps a lot but even then they'll still die to like a boostable gun that rolls badly but still does damage to them and then yes suppressors don't die to boostable guns yeah you need two even, shots like and even if you do it's like cool i profit from you damaging them because you've triggered a bunch of rules and then like avenging force or mama bear or whatever and then also i can resurrect them and repair them which yeah is hilarious yeah that's the that's the key you've also got you've got the profiting from their deaths they have the offensive capability you they, they have utility and bulldoze yeah absolutely best in show and i don't even think it's close yeah and like again the why and if we're not using those example yeah i'm gonna say stormtroopers are fucking good too right because they don't die to boost of guns 
they have like carapace and they have a oh right you're talking about crystal guard yeah yeah the one you said because i looked at them they're like yep they don't die to boostable guns they do their job really good they're in crystal guards so layering debuffs is definitely not out of the realm of possibility layering buffs on them not out of the realm of possibility and they're right? 20 versus boostable guns yeah even with five boxes that's still pretty good enough right yeah yeah Anyway, the next one is the one that's even more valuable to kill, and that is Cavalry, which is honestly not really in the game at the moment because... Look, Caval- Cavalry, is, uh, Cavalry is a modification of a different unit type. Yeah. Right? So, like, Storm Lancers, the, oh, whatever the new fucking Cavalry are called, Storm Lance Legionnaires or whatever. Storm they, Lancers. Yeah, not to they, be confused with Storm Lancers. Yeah, they are a modification of a melee, uh, of a melee multi-wound unit. They're just more expensive. Yep. They're pretty much all... Uh, the, the Druids... Uh, Druid guys are a ranged multi-wound unit. They're just more expensive. They, 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 the cavalry are always a modification of this sort of thing. They're just more rules for more points, and that's why they're usually kind of bad. Because yeah, it's, it's more, really hard to make them do value. Yes, like it's more rules and speed for the points. Like if you look at that's just show catch, 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 cats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, like, example, right? We can compare two best-in-shows, actually, I would say. So if you look at uh, multi-wound melee, best-in-show, to me, at least in the new factions, is axes. All-core axes, right? They're really resilient. They're tough. They've got eight boxes snacking. They've got good rules, and they hit fucking hard. And but they, they also directly buffing them. They have a caster directly buffing them, and also, in addition, they're multi-purpose, because they don't have to hit a power 17 when they combo strike you. They can also just do two attacks, right? They take buffs really well. Even for a small unit size, they just take buffs really well. And they're really just quite, like, they're quite annoying to deal with. Sometimes they're infuriating to deal with. You compare them, then, to their cavalry equivalent in that faction, which is the Harriers, which are two points more expensive, have stealth, fly faster, and... Yeah, that's sure. It. Yeah, that's it. It's Health like pretty good, and speed is also very good. I think especially... rock carriers are the best uh, things that you'll take at, at a hundred and twenty point game. It's going to be so hard to justify them below that. Yeah, this is the issue though. Is uh, like this unit is too expensive. They're <laughs> unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. Which means we still have a lot of. They've played an unstoppable, which I've seen how fucking insane that can. They be. have Matt nine. Uh, very casually before any buffs. And they get cavalry, so they they get additional dice to, to hit on charges. But and yet, they're 10 points! <laughs> yeah, they're 10 <laughs> points, they're quite easy, to, like, they've got stealth and some boxes, but it's not too hard to take them out, and like, because their stats are kind of, they're really aimed at, like, assassinating character casters, which means that they're going to be in a threat where they get attacked. Yeah, it's really hard. Rock Harriers, I liked the look of them, and there might be a world where they get more play, but I'm not a fan, which is a shame. I think, I think you guys are wrong. I think they're, they have a place. Uh, Maybe. Maybe, like, but I don't know where that place... Uh, look, I think their place is with a caster that doesn't exist, right? Like, Because I yet. think that... Yeah, and I'm not saying that I know which said caster exists because I fucking don't. It's just that it doesn't. They don't fit with any of the casters that currently exist. Whereas if, if we look they at had the tough base, I would consider taking a unit with Harusk specifically yeah. because they just add a little bit of threat which he doesn't have. Yeah, and you can throw him forward, feed on him, and go like, "Look, you got to put something into melee with these guys. That's not going to get killed by anything else, or I'm killing your caster." Yeah, that's fair. And also, they can be they don't they can be like the second line directly behind your axes and whatever crap you've got in front, and then they can go in and kill stuff. Whereas, pre, 
like currently instead what happens is they sort of exist in like oh fuck it's the one thing i can kill is these fucking guys right and even though stealth like look i can deal with stealth at least there's outs in the game all right you know what i think is what is surprising all core barrages are something who which i see a lot of people hating and i get it but they do have repo three and i kind of don't hate that yeah that and the armor really, 16 with eight boxes and tough, which is just annoying enough that it won't die to a lot of boosted guns. Yeah. I don't know. There might be a world where it's worth tracking. I think they're bad right now, but that's because of lack of targets, right? Like, I, I can tell you, you know, that is bad and is, like, not really good is, like, fucking Shock Trooper Gunners. I really wish they lost dual shot and got instead their fucking chain weapon attack back and um, dual shock attack. Shock Gunners, help me out here. Which one of those? The Shock Gunners. The ones with oh, the, like, yeah, yeah, the yeah, giant yeah, shotguns. Yeah, yeah. Really cool unit idea, right? They're uh, the shock tripping it's, it's a unit it's of Doom, Doom guy, guys. Right? It's a unit of Doom guys, right? They have, But the thing is, like, they get so hamstrung by dual shot. And for anyone who doesn't know, the way aiming now works with units is you have to aim with the entire unit, which really, really is painful. Because back in um, the day, you never aimed with the entire unit unless you were playing a unit that, that was long their gunners. Service. Literally long gunners. Just long gunners. It was always like, you literally had tokens you handed out they they used to sell at Muson Minis, which was like whether this guy aimed or not, <laughs> because when you did big units, that was something as a thing. Like I remember doing Winter Guard units, and Winter Guard were fifteen man units, right? And then you know what? Have, they yeah. got they also got repo to the seven points. Not good enough. The problem, probably honestly, on my issue whenever whenever I look at them is that they are trying to kill infantry because they don't hit hard enough and they don't have any buffs with their power thirteen. Yep. Um, but yeah, they don't hit hard enough, and it's not like Winnegun Infantry needs more gun guys that kill infantry. Yes. Well, that's I the mean, problem, right? It's like the Kim entire Bass. faction is the gun faction, and it's just one more gun that really doesn't bring any extra tools to their belt. I yeah. personally feel they're, like... They're if, already accurate. I personally feel like if they brought something like a... like uh, If they were like range four and had like a slam on their gun... <laughs> or give them... Like, something... It would be cool, well, and that's it would I was be thinking. more utility, right? It would be an interesting utility gun rather than just a damage gun, because you've got plenty Give of damage guns. Give them slug guns with, yeah. like, yeah. Jack Hunter or something. Yeah, or slug like, guns with both barrels, so they can have power 18 when you shoot them. Or alternately, yeah, actually, that'd be pretty cool. But alternately, you could just give them dual attack and their melee weapons back, and then they can do that unit that charges in and doom guys people, like, stab something <laughs> with a chainsaw, and then shotguns a whole bunch of things. Makes the unit more flexible. And it also means that they can do damage because they can charge now. I'd and be tempted to say that while that might technically fix them, I actually still think they wouldn't see play because they would lack a bit of a niche. It's probably true. I mean, they're competing with snipers. They're competing with a lot suppressors. of They're competing with your jacks <laughs> Even Winner well. Core Infantry, yeah. Anyway, tangent over. So we've well, gone through... It would also be interesting to have like a survivable melee unit. Mm. All right, yeah, so... I'm... Yeah. We need we need man of war suppressors, except instead of two guns, they have like two <laughs> ice hammers or something shit like that. Two doom guy swords. <laughs> two no no two maybe chains, in the, maybe two in the chainsaws. One. Yeah. <laughs> um, artillery uh, artillery and utility is the one that's left, and these ones are a little hard to make sort of call. Artillery is like it's very matchup and like army dependent. Like best in shows Commodore Cannon. There's absolutely no contest here. Uh, yeah. Commodore Cannon will just win. It's a range 20, power 20 spray. Sorry, range 20, power 20 slam. Um, there is no competition that beats the Commodore Cannon. I mean, uh, Dragon Breath doubt. Rockets got their value back now that the Vindicator no longer has that attack. Cool. That, that, yeah. It's not a Commodore Cannon. It's not a Commodore Cannon. <laughs> no, I'm not saying it is, but it's still a good piece of artillery. 
Yeah, 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 there are there are fine pieces of artillery. You got to be cheap, and it's a fun gun. Um, honestly, Wait, how does the Commodore cannon get to power twenty? I thought it was only power. It just eight. Is. No, it just it's, is. Pa- it's range twenty, not power it's twenty. It's ra- power sixteen. Man, let me check. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. The power is equal. To, it's sixteen base. Boom. It used to be power twenty on the spray. I remember that. Not nah, it's nerfed, but it's still fucking the Commodore cannon. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yes. you're right. It's it is still the Commodore cannon. It's got a lot of range. Um, it's easily powered range 22 as well with um, uh, Dougal and um, uh, shake and feed it to make it range 23. Like it's it's a good it's a good gun. Um, good gun, Brent. Actually, I I'm gonna disagree. I think the best in ca- class is actually easily the trench cannon crew with Kaylee. Oh, fuck, I forgot about that. Damn it. Yeah, no, yes, that no, was really good. Cannon. Anyway, we we can ignore artillery honestly because it's just a different flavor of ranged guy with gun, but there's a lot more quirks to it. Um, in general it's though, closer to the to a solo than a thing, and it's probably yes. usually not a very good solo. Ar- artillery is a bit a bit of a rough one. I personally think that the best case of artillery is if you have a like all jack list and you want to have a unit to capture a zone you bring like your shitty piece of artillery yeah uh also i think artillery is very caster dependent like even back in the day the unit the lists which generally had artillery and the lists that were functional with artillery often were based on caster stuff that they did namely things like fire effect like the best yeah. artillery I'd say back in the old days were things like the field gun the winner the Winnegard field gun the Winnegard mortar uh, the Horgenhold mortar and... The Horgenhold mortar is actually still very good. Yeah, exactly. But a lot of those are because of the things that the cast has brought to them. The Horgenhold mortar is just good in general by its stats, right? Yeah. Um, whereas you compared it to, like, Soldiers of Fortune, which had all the really cool artillery pieces, but none of the cast has really worked with it, and they still don't. Yeah. Like, the good old fucking organ gun that used to, like, basically do, like, three boosted hits against a huge base. Sorry, D3 plus one hits against a huge base. Fucking amazing. And yet, yeah. How many yeah. mortar teams do you intend to take in your list, Chris? Between zero and four. There, <laughs> and by that I mean as most lists are zero. There are some, honestly, I'm thinking about. But for one, mortar teams are solos. They're not artillery, unlike Hellmouths, which are artillery. Oh, I guess the right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Complicated. And like, yeah. Yeah. Taking them to Look, fill out the like scenario Whatever. pieces is there's, not there's, actually a bad idea. Plus, also, also we can't yep. give any advice about these things because like, what are they? You, you can't move them around and do stuff. You can't like, they're, they're, there's no nuance to these models. Take it if the stats are good. I mean, you can move around apart from the Commodore cannon, but yeah, take it if the stats are good. It's or your caster supports it, or you need to fill out points with another gun that brings a specialist effect that is quite useful to you. A lot of the artillery is really cheap, even if if it's shit, it's still cheap. And you know what? You can hide behind artillery. Cool. Done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> utility is even harder to call. That That is another one where it's le- it just, legitimately comes up to like, it's, all it's right, it. we, there is not a scale that I can compare Shifting Stones, uh, Druids, and um, Signal Mechanics. Although I do know that Signal Mechanics are the best one. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I like Warwitches, but all right. Um, for what is worth, we'll just talk a bit because we really can't get into them. And I don't think, I think it's also like counterintuitive to look at like their, how good are they in like a vacuum? Because a lot of it is based on what the army itself brings to it. To use utility units, basically, you have kind of like offensive ish ones, things like the Warwitches, Virar, Orgoth, and a couple of things like, I think some of the Crucible Guard ones, if you want to count them, the ones like the, um, complicated yeah are they a ranged unit are they a utility unit exactly yeah in general with utility you want to 
before the game even starts, when you're list creating, when you're sitting on the toilet or in the bus or basically waiting in like waiting in a queue somewhere, trying to shitting like in a bus. shitting in a bus, trying to order a like a kebab. Yeah, you know, any regular things, things regular people things. You want to basically budget utility according to your list. And a lot of it is going to, because remember, we here at Dark Guidance are very anti-list bloat, anti-support yeah. <laughs> bloat. We are pro-war machine utility. Support is theft. Support is still theft. War machine libertarianism still lives on. Yeah, and your, that support be- has to, your support has to provide more value than their points. And it can't, it can't be equal value. There has to be more. It has to be more. We're not, we're not settling for equal, right? We're not, we're not underachievers here. We want our support to be overachievers with a go-getter attitude. <laughs> so easiest way to do that, especially to start with, War Machine, you are looking at your primary support is going to basically be in form at least, is Empower Bots, right? And you want to budget what is your Empower, your focus expenditure, and how much guys you want to take. And that is a two, like, that leads itself to each other. Like, for instance, if you are making a number of gunshots where your boost amount is equal to six, that means you're going to have to outlay those eight points and then see how the list looks. And that might end up looking like shit because you've just spent four extra points on empower bots that you might not actually need. Now, I know this, or, is, that this, this is complicated, but there's a rule not very often used. But did you know that at the start of your turn, your caster can actually allocate focus to your jacks? No, I did what? not know that rule. <laughs> I <laughs> believe that rule is that. obsolete and not... <laughs> <laughs> but Aaron, why would you say such lies sometimes it might be worth just cutting the four points and just giving out like if your empower bot is only an empower bot maybe actually might be worth just cutting um some of the just to hand out focus i don't know it depends off. it depends on your list right and what of your caster can do yeah of course definitely definitely, uh, definitely that definitely. is actually one funny thing is that a different example that is going to come up you might say let's just use a Kador example you might have like two direwolves with chain guns and i don't know a great bear with a heavy cannon right pretty standard loadout chain guns are range 10 you are not always going to be in range especially when your opponent has been killed by chain guns before it's not going to just put their heavies <laughs> in range so all of a sudden your expenditure here which is five so you take your two units of canisters and it's fine you could probably use the power somewhere on a charging heavy or something all of a sudden though you are using one focus out of the six you've spent points for. Guess what that is? That's right. That is a bad deal. That is a mm. garbage deal. Yeah. We're, 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 we're not just war machine libertarians here. We have true Donald Trump out of the deal um, <laughs> uh, things here. Never pay. Oh, go full Donald Trump. Never pay. <laughs> just never pay. <laughs> just never pay. Yeah, and then you'll see that we're being crazy, like you're implying, and then you're just going to allocate focus or something like that, and that seems unacceptable. <laughs> but yeah. This might, however, be the case where, no, you actually just take the one unit. You might use those four points for other things to upgrade some stuff and the like. And in the event you do run into situations where you just are spending a lot of focus, yeah, just allocate. Fuck it, whatever. Or just realize that you don't actually need as much as you think you do. Because if you've brought 10 points of utility and your opponent and your opponent does not, your opponent can be a heavy above you. Mm-hmm. That's bad. Or a unit. Two units even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like your utility you either that your support either needs to be able to do that much work or get that much extra work out of another so another model it's supporting. Yep. Yeah, it's so easy to, as I've been calling it in my head, fill up on bread. You yeah, if, sure. if you're building a list and you're just like, oh look, I can get plus two damage from this, I can get this, I can get this, I can get this, and suddenly you're paying two point two heavies 
and then another two heavies worth of points in support for those two heavies, and you have now filled up on bread at the at the buffet. Because instead, you could run which, four cheap heavies without the support. Which we'll um, call a bad deal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> unless your support does more work. Like, the, I, I sometimes feel like I'm filling up on bread because I keep on regularly making lists which have 13 solos in them. But every single one of those has, like, a monster spray or a late game or other late game abilities, which yeah. makes it, um, which really helps me clear me off and do, and do other things. Clear you off. <laughs> yeah. Of course you'd say like that. I think there's a way to actually gauge this. So, first things first. Some support is probably necessary. Quiet. However, what you actually really, really need to consider is multiple units of that support or utility or whatever. Or, di- or multiple necessary. different types of utility. Yeah, exactly, right? That's where, is- that's where you very quickly start to, like, your, your eyes glaze over because, like, no, no, I can't take my heavy out unless I've got the th- all three support pieces. Exactly. For example, one unit of Arcanists, yeah, absolutely take it. It's probably going to be good, right? You're going to get use out of heavies that go in, and they've got sprays. Two units of Arcanists, a mechanic, and a Winterguard officer. That's 13 points. Do you need that much support? Yeah. Is the Winterguard Winter officer actually bringing her value is, to the table? Is that going to be doing more value than that 13 points could just be in units or jacks? Exactly. Is the battle mechanic guy, are you going to go into use in like situations where his repair is going to be useful, right? Or that you can even make his like random dipshit attacks actually do something. Is the second unit of Arcanists going to actually have targets of fuel on a regular basis? That's when you start having to ask that question, right? This is usually, I find, it's less about cutting the core rules. So for instance, in Secret Dominion, as Erin has been alluding to with a solo example, you don't necessarily need to cut the guys who make your walls hit harder because, believe it or not, that's always in demand. Yeah, it's always good. They're two points. It's fine. Yeah. And they got a good spray. I'll yeah. take it. Do you need more Shifting Stones, though? How many Shifting Stones do you realistically need? Those are the ones where you start questioning it. Also, things like, do you need Puppet Strings as well? Because this game, you can very, very quickly have all the support rules. Hell, there was a whole stint in back in Mark II where I think we did that. A lot of us were guilty of that. We'd yeah. have like 15, so like 10 plus solos. Hell, that even became a list, Sorcious 13, right? Yeah. And you'll notice, though, that that list was fucking actually kind of cool to play. But more importantly, none of those solos were just support. Yeah, they there were all fight. They were all fight with some support elements. <laughs> Which was actually what made that list really good, even though that it ostensibly was paying all the points for the support, but it was using them in a very destructive capacity. Um, similarly here, like, you could get away with, if you have got tricks and mechanics to make your support do more work, then go for it. Yeah. In terms of actually using them, I would say it's always the case of, like, keep them sort of behind, but keep them in optimal circumstances and realize ahead of time where they're going to go. Because honestly, support models, when you use them, are probably going to be the laziest things you do. You put one Arcanist down, you kind of measure five-ish, and then you just put <laughs> two guys randomly there, and you're like, all right, they empower all these guys. And then if you do that badly, you're going to just block the path for your caster, or you're going to get them in a position where, like, Arian looks over and goes like, I have an AoE... And I think that, oh, look at that. I'll just hit the center for more sky and your entire support package explodes yep. in one go. Good luck. Car skimps, baby. Yeah, exactly. Or you just get around. Car skimps, the, uh, uh, there were like 15 car skimps in that game and one of them hit the target. And you know what? Worth. Completely worth it. That guy paid Absolute for everything. Absolute value. 
God, I love car skimps. That is, uh, no, no. Is that an artillery piece? They are definitely... <laughs> <laughs> I think they are technically an actual artillery piece. Or utility, whatever. Anyhow, I think that's it for this cast. We've certainly uh, gone into it quite a fair bit. Units, honestly, they... Especially in the new edition, play them, try them out. Honestly, a lot of it is going to come down to how they fit in with your caster and your overall dynamics. And you might be surprised. Yeah. Certainly... There also is going to be the case where a lot of the stuff we say is based on our own meta and experiences. Yeah. That is our, not our meta. Our meta starts with a very it started with a very logical progression, which started with um, you take your Tonka truck heavies, which are just heavies with shields as many as you can, and then if your opponent takes that, then what happens is that you have a big chunk off, and you the the person with the better heavy wins wins. Then you might start to pack in some of those things which you can actually do more damage because those heavies are going to be packing for enemy heavies so now you're going to start bringing your single wood infantry that actually can do some more damage than an enemy heavy can while being quite cheap your naysayers who can kill two heavies um on a good charge your pikemen who just will crit yeah then your opponent crit decap on your dreadguard slayers um yeah <laughs> but like then those need to be counted and they might be counted by a heavy or they might be counted by something better and so the whole sort of logical progression comes out. But that's the, the internal logic of our meta. Yep. Might not be true everywhere. And at some point, they'll probably come to some sort of homeostasis. It's fine. Yeah. And hopefully it comes to a homeostasis at a, um, at, at a healthy meta where, like, everything has a use because they are countering something important. Mm-hmm. And there's a large variety of things. Like, no one actually wants a meta where everyone is actually just playing Warjacks and support. And I will say that over the time of our Mark IV, our lists have become more diversified. Much more, yeah. There's a lot more different choices as well, and some of them are not necessarily due to, quote, things you see on paper. Like, I'm finding a lot of the times I've got to, like, solos or something I have to really consider in Winnicore. Um, like, your solos are bad. Yeah, but it's just like, how do I make how lists do you where score the solos flags, feel as bad? Me? I have 13 solos. Yeah, okay. Fucking no, so I was privilege right there. Chris score flags. Chris does uh, he just Well that's <laughs> the thing, is like I'm looking at I'm looking at things like, all right, what kind of lists can I have that include bison that make feel in a good way? And then how do I include lists where I'm playing into factions where I'm going to want mechanics because there's a lot of gunshots coming in. Right? That sort of thing. Yep. yep. Anyhow, I think that'll be it for tonight. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Hope you managed to navigate through. And once again, we've finally gone to a nice, reasonable time of two-plus hours. <laughs> Sorry, guys, for disappointing you and letting you guys down with less than two hours' worth of content, but here we are. You get what you pay for. Yeah. Sorry in advance. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And Thank good you. Night. Good night. Bye.